You want 33? You got 33. Let's get this party started. What do you say, huh? All right, yo. Here we go, live back in action. 33 to the style and fashion. Sports talk with a lot of passion. Looking for another chain reaction. Knowledge with Nikki could be tricky. Get it wrong, and that's a pity. Now play players always witty. Division rankings in every city. Truth is, you should stop and listen. Pay attention to all you're missing. Keep us playing inside your kitchen. Pass and dunking and even pitching. Yeah, let the show begin. Go ahead and bring the family in. Kick back the last go grab your snacks and enjoy another 33 win. Yeah. That's only one. We got verse two coming through. Y'all ready for it? Okay, let's go. Start the show. Real good kid knocking at your door. Make you laugh till you hit the floor. NFL action with a whole lot more. 33, we put in work. Only way to go to worst to first. Get the doctor, get the nurse. Can't contain this, we about to first. Damn, this hurts. I won't lie. Doesn't matter how hard I try. We in it to win, it ain't nothing less or else. I won't be satisfied, so why try more on us? You know this show is a must. Say your prayers is 33, and that's all you need to trust. What? I told you. 33 podcast, baby. We in it. And now you're in it. Oh yeah, that's right. We are live back in action. Your Wednesday night main attraction. Welcome back to the Third and Three podcast presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by StreamYard and Anchor Radio. We have an awesome lineup of topics and we want to hear from you in the comments section. We'll be hearing a lot from amazing co-hosts, starting with the Trickster of Trivia, Miss Tricky Nikki Guest. How are we doing with today? I am good. I'm happy to be here. You guys make my Wednesday so much better. So ready to go. And we intend to keep doing that, Damien, right, Bill? We're ready to rock and roll over here, my friend. I mean, this is it. We're back completing the trifecta. Third and three is a man of zeal and the voice to heal your sports meal. I give you the real deal, Damien Adams. What's up, baby? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Um, Try to always- I always love to be here on the Wednesday night with you guys, man. You know, it's my therapy is being behind this microphone. So the fact that I get to do it with you two great individuals makes it that much better. Uh, I love to hear that, man. That's the way it goes. That's the way it's going down. And we have a lot to get to today. As usual, the three of us are back. And it's a beautiful thing. Time to get the party started. My name is Jason Fairman. We'll give you our Twitter and Instagram handles at the end of the show, along with you know, other upcoming shows that you guys are definitely going to want to know about. No question. Uh, we always start our show with a shout out. We're giving a shout out today to a big guy who doesn't need a shout out. And he is a big guy actually in real life. And that's Mike Golick Sr. We like Mike Golick Jr. too, but we're going with Mike Golick Sr. He's an interactive guy on Twitter. He'll he'll talk to you. He'll get back and forth with you. I remember one time back, uh, it's like 2016, guys. And I said, do you think Adrian Peterson's going to get picked up by anybody? He was in his latter years, obviously. Maybe he was 2018. I don't remember the right year. And he's like, nah, I don't think that'll get picked up by anyone. I was talking maybe Washington at the time or whatever it was. But he did get picked up by the Cardinals that year. So, you know, like he admitted he was wrong. He, he's like really cool. He's a cool guy. So uh, definitely want to give props out to uh, Mike Golick Sr. No doubt you do a great job. And it's really cool that you take time for the fans and everything. I like that a lot. So that's our shout out, guys. And uh, you ready to get rolling with the topics or what? Yep. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, well, let's do this, bad boy. Here we go. We got NFL action to start it off, and it's NFL free agents I want to hear from you guys about. Um, you know, a few big names, names that used to be a little bit bigger but are still on the market right now. They do not have a team. They're free agents. So I want to go through each guy, um, not every one of them, obviously, but I picked out like five or six that I wanted to go through and see what you thought, man, maybe what team you think that they would go to. So the first one is Todd Gurley, who played for Atlanta last year, as we know now. I look at him and I say, yeah, he's a running back who's maybe – not a starter anymore. And if he is a starter, he needs to share the backfield, I think, guys. And I thought about the 49ers, not to be biased. I thought about the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they can use him. I think Seattle can use him. I think the Jets can use him. I Damien, any of these teams that you like, or do you have a different team in mind? Now, the ones that you named definitely fit the bill. Um the Jets could always use somebody. But you're looking at a team like that, that is always seeking talent and always can use somebody to take pressure off the young QB. I would go to that <laughs> squad if I was looking for the right one to make my talents, you know, just see my talents be at the best of their use. I, I like, yeah, that's right. You know, you should go to a team that, would be a team ready for a championship like they brought in Le'Veon Bell last year, uh, you know, in Kansas City, Nikki. So I don't know. What do you think, Todd Gurley? What do you think about any of those teams I named? Yeah, I mean, if the Jets can get them, take them. They need, <laughs> they need all the help that uh, they can get over there. I mean, that actually, now you say it out loud, that sounds like a good landing spot uh, for him. I saw somebody float around the Chargers. Um I don't know. I actually really think I like the Jets for him. It kind of seems fitting, right? Like, not that you know how they say, like, for artists, like, <laughs> Vegas, where they go to die. Well, it used to be. Now they all get a residency. But, like, you know, the Jets are like, oh, okay, he's on the back half of his career. He probably could, you know, help out these young guys. So I actually like the Jets. Yeah, the Jets might be a good move for him. I mean, you know, I'm surprised that nobody has picked him up yet. I thought that he would be you know, somebody ready to go, somebody that they wanted to pick up um, some team by this point, but maybe they're waiting for a later date. And I know that July 2nd has something to do with the fact that they don't have to play, pay the players as much or whatever it is. So I don't know. We'll figure that out. We'll get to it. But um, let's see what else we got. What's another name that I have over here? Speaking of Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson. I mean, is he going to keep going? He's a free agent. The Jets, again, they come up. I thought about the Giants, Nikki. Maybe he would be a good you know, second running back to go along with Saquon Barkley, maybe keep him a little bit more healthy. And then Damien, I thought about the Chicago Bears. Mm. Hmm. What do you think it's, about any of these guys? I could see the Bears. Like, he could definitely can be that change of pace guy, come in, and when you have a rookie, either Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, both of them are going to need help. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so either way there, you know, they have Montgomery, but – if you go outside of Montgomery and you don't want him carrying a big load, Peterson still has something left in the tank. He can get you 400, 500 yards rushing. He definitely still has that left. So I think a team should take a chance on him, especially he still has that hunger to play. So I yeah. can see the Bears taking that chance, and it'll be something that's just fit for him, that type of team. Yeah, and Nikki, he keeps surprising us. Even when he went to Detroit last year, I mean, he – he played well in, in, in certain games. You know, he's still a monster. So I feel like he can get something done. What do you think? Yeah, don't count don't count the old man out, right? No, nah, definitely not. 
Um, I like him on the Giants. I mean, listen, everything we see from Saquon, we see his like beast workout videos, and that's great and all, but I am sure the Giants are going to be mad conservative about his workload at first. Um, and who better than Adrian Peterson to kind of help, you know, Saquon back from his first year um, post-injury. So I would not mind if he came to the Giants. Not at all. Not one yeah. bit. No doubt. No doubt. I'm with you on that one. I think that would be actually a really good fit. I brought up Le'Veon Bell. He's a free agent. He did play with the Chiefs last year, fell short of a Super Bowl win uh, victory. So I thought about um, Damien first. Go to you. I thought about three other teams. I thought about the Colts, who can use Le'Veon Bell with Jonathan Taylor. I know they got Marlon Mack also, but um, I think that he might be a good fit there behind that offensive line. Then I thought about the Rams, who are always getting running backs hurt, Cam Akers, Le'Veon Bell, and then the Ravens, who lost Mark Ingram. Um, I thought that Le'Veon Bell can fit on any of those three teams. Do you have another one in mind? Mm. I don't know if Le'Veon Bell is going to get picked up because he's the first person in history to say something bad about Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everybody job again. <laughs> yeah, must, everybody yeah. has such glowing things to say about Andy Reid, and he came out was like, I'll never play for that guy again, as if the Chiefs are knocking down his door. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, yeah, Le'Veon, it's hard for me to believe that he's done, right? Because it wasn't that long ago when this guy was the best running back in the league, and people like myself were arguing that he should be paid as a running back and wide receiver because he was so effective at doing both. And it's hard to believe that that guy is no longer there. Like, he's just done. Mm-hmm. So if I was a team, I would take a chance on him. Uh, I could see maybe my Saints taking a chance on him. Uh, you think right. about somebody who could show Alvin Kamara how to even get better at what he's doing and how mm-hmm. to have that pace they can run the ball with and be somebody that can teach Alvin Kamara just how to do everything, the little nuances of being a running back. I think that would be a big move for the Saints just to have as that guy who can back him up. We still got Murray there as well, but uh, just in case you have an injury there, Le'Veon Bell could be a good pickup for the Saints. All right. All right, Nikki, what do you think about that? And do you have another team in mind? No, actually, I was going to ask D, um, what about the Saints? But thank you. Answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> right time together, man. I'm reading her mind already. Yep, so. already. <laughs> Nine minutes in the show. Mind melding. <laughs> Look, we've been doing the show together for a very long time. You gotta imagine it's gonna be happening, you know, at many different places and many different times. We're gonna come up with the same idea. I know you two share a lot of the same ideas on the draft day, but that's a whole nother story for a different time. <laughs> you guys got together and kind of duked me out on that one, but that was really good. No. Hey, how about this guy? Larry Fitzgerald, all right? I think he can still play. He's not a one. He's a, a, a two at best, you know, maybe a 3A. Damien, it, it's tough, but I feel like if he still wants to play, he still should play. I thought, you know, maybe the Cardinals bring him back. I don't know. The Niners, I'd be happy. I'd be really happy to take him, to be honest with you. And then I thought about the Patriots, and that made a lot of sense to me. I think that, like – you know, a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who is just the perfect professional guy going to this crazy professional coach. But I feel like it would work out because of the mutual respect over there. I like Larry Fitzgerald going to the Patriots. I thought Vikings, I thought Saints also your team. But I think the Patriots would really make a 
you know, that would be pretty good. They picked up a couple of wide receivers, you know, my guy Kendrick Bourne, uh, Nelson Aguilar, but I don't know. I mean, bringing Larry Fitz in there, I think it would be something pretty good, Damian. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I just don't want to see him leave Arizona. Mm. Um, yeah, he's somebody who should be a one-team guy. Yeah. yeah, And with the Cardinals starting to try to take that turn towards being a good team, I want to see him be there for that. Like, I can see Arizona maybe turning the corner this year and being more than just an 8-8 eight and eight team or, I guess, a 9-8 and eight team nowadays with the 17 games. So yeah. I can see them turning the corner and being one of those 10-11 win teams and having a legit shot and maybe getting to a Super Bowl. Once you get in the tournament, you never know what can happen. So I'd love to see Larry do that with the Cardinals it would feel weird to see him with the Patriots. And even though the Patriots are no longer the man because they no longer have Tom Brady, you don't think of him as, you know, the enemy that we all thought of the Patriots as being. It still would feel weird to me to see him go there, you know? Yeah, I, no, I understand that. I, but to me, it kind of makes like a – I don't want to say a perfect marriage, but maybe a marriage that will last 20 years and then you get divorced. You know, you probably cheated a couple of times, something like that, Nikki. I don't know, but <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, right. Bringing the fire on the show, baby. What about Larry Fitzgerald? Cardinals, Niners, Vikings, Saints. I, you know, what do you think? No, Larry Fitzgerald stays a Cardinal, and that is it. Because guess what? When Tom Brady left the Patriots, guess what happened? We got COVID. So, Larry, you stay put. Okay, <laughs> we don't want no jinxing, no nothing. But if he is going to go somewhere. Please don't be in the NFC East, and please do not be on the Chiefs. That's all I ask. Thank you. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Jerome Chambers are chiming in. Fit the bill, and he named the bills. All right. And he's, uh, see what you did right there. Very good. All right. Very clever. I like it. I like it. All right. Thanks for chiming in. We appreciate it. Another one, Nikki, uh, your guy last year, Golden Tate. Uh, he could still play, in my opinion, also. I don't know about the Giants this year, you know, them uh, making different moves, going with Kenny Galladay. Maybe he goes to the Eagles. I think oh, that's the place he probably end up. How dare you? How dare you? I know. I know. It's sacrilegious to say it to you on the show, but I think that he's going to want to go to a division rival and kind of stick it to him, uh, Damien. So I think Eagles, maybe Dolphins, maybe Bears, but I think that he would fit in well with the Eagles and, uh, you know, try to help out. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the Eagles need somebody of our receiver, right? They um, sure do. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would. I think that would be a good fit. Jalen Hurts needs some weapons to throw to, so I definitely agree with that one. And like you said, it's always good to go to a division rival so you can stick it to your old team. Yeah. Look at what with the old team. Like the Giants did him dirty or something. Golden <laughs> Tate like decided not to show up and like all of a sudden had to have Butterfingers. So you know what? Go to Philly and I hope you have a grand old time. I hope you have, like, you know, overdose on cheesesteaks and you can't play. Go ahead. Go to Philadelphia. Go. We don't want you. Look who's mad. Look who's all man right now. Oh, he's like, oh, stick it to the Giants. Like, all right, fine, you, go. You, always, you know that, though. Like, that goes in life for anything. Like, you, 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 know, you got a new not, job. We like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't do him dirty or anything like that. He just, like, I don't know. Then he had to, like, miss time for, like, a million family emergencies and stuff. So, all go right. ahead, go. All I right. to see him. What about Golden Tate to the Patriots? Golden Tate. That makes sense, too. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. They need another wide receiver, in my opinion. They went tight and heavy over there, so we know what they're trying to do. 
and throw the ball down the middle of the field and, you know, keep the chains moving, so to speak, uh, like they like to do with Julian Ellerman and Wes Welker back in the day and stuff like that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, what about a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, who probably still can play if healthy, and that's the big if with him. I thought about the Saints for him also. His, you know, the Saints keep coming up because I feel like they need another receiver to go along Michael Thomas, but the Bears also, he can go. I don't know if he wants to go back over there, but the Jets and then the Ravens also. I don't, Nikki, uh, what do you think? Alshon Jeffrey, does he, he got game left? And uh, where do you see him going, maybe? Um, yeah, I think he can still. I think so. I think he can still play. I like the Jets for him. Um, I can maybe see him like going to the Colts or something like that as well. But yeah, I think he's got some left in the tank for sure. And Damien, the Jets got to pick up somebody, man. <laughs> they got nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need somebody for the young QB to throw to. Uh, Alshon, no, that's the thing. If you pick him up, is he going to be there for you to throw him the ball? Is the mm. big thing. Um, yeah. So uh, with the Saints, we're really I'm hearing big things about Traquan Smith. They want him to take a big step up this year to be that second guy alongside Michael Thomas. Um, so I don't know if we're going to pick up anybody unless, you know, somebody else becomes available. That's just somebody you can't pass up. But Alshon Jeffrey, somebody should take a chance on him because he's not that old. So it's not like, you know, he's somebody who you're looking at and you're thinking he's done. He just hasn't been healthy the last few years. So I think somebody will take a chance on him. Jets could do that. Uh you would say Philly, they need wide receivers, but they've seen that experiment already. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think another team will take a chance on them, but it's not going to be like the top echelon teams because, like uh, Nikki would say, availability is the best ability. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yeah, we'll see if he is available for a team this year. Uh, moving on, Kyle Pitts was the talk of the draft, really, other than the quarterbacks. He got paid already four years, $33 million with the Falcons. So that's great for him. I wanted to mention that Serena Williams, unfortunately, had withdrawn from uh, Wimbledon in the first match. It, it was raining. Um, you know, the court was kind of wet. She slipped, twisted her ankle. So upset. I feel for her. She's one of my favorite athletes of all time. I love watching her play. I, you know, I wanted to break uh, Margaret Court's record. Uh, she needs one more to tie it, actually, at 24 grand slams. And, uh, yeah, this was a rough one. Uh, you know, I, I got she's a very emotional person, as, as we know. So seeing her, you know, crying on the court, I got to tell you, man, it makes me choke up, guys. Yeah, uh, it definitely does. You know, injuries have been a big story point in all of sports. I'm pretty sure we'll get to that you know, here in our you know our headlines here. But Serena is somebody you feel for because you love watching her dominance. Right. And yeah. usually we get tired of dominance, like with the Patriots, like ah, Tom Brady, Super Bowl again, <laughs> or even with the Bulls in the 90s. People who weren't sure Michael Jordan fans probably like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan in the finals again. <laughs> People got the same thing when it was LeBron and Curry every year. But with Serena, we never got tired of it. Um, so I think that was part of her personality that made us enjoy her dominance. And now that she's trying to get back to it, it's the redemption story that we're rooting for, for her to get that maybe one, two more grand grand championships before she gets out of there. Yeah. Uh, I think that hopefully she comes back. It's a shame because with Naomi Osaka out, this might have been her best chance mm -hmm. to try to get a victory in a major, and nope. this happened to her. So it's definitely sad. I hate to see it. Um, but if she doesn't win in a major, she's still the greatest tennis player of all time. So her legacy is set. Uh, but she still loves it. So I want to see her continue doing what she loves. 
Yeah, and she look. She's the best I ever seen. I did. I do remember watching Martina Navratilova, and she was really dominant. I would have loved to have seen those two play. Um, you know, Navratilova played with like a wooden racket, but it doesn't matter. You know, they both put them on an even playing field. I would have loved to have seen that matchup, man. But Serena, my favorite of all time, Nikki. It's rough to see that. It really is. And you know, she's getting older now, unfortunately, and chances are getting few and far between. I know it really is heartbreaking to see that. How old? How old is she now? I believe she's thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think Venus is forty or forty-one. So yeah, it makes sense. Damn, mm-hmm. already. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Venus the same age. We're sharing this forty. You know, we're over the hill type of stuff over here, man. We can't. Take it. But yeah, it is what it is. So um, ah, uh, gosh, NBA playoffs. Let's go through through that real quick. Uh, the Clippers hanging in there, Damien, with the Suns. It's uh, three to two. The Suns uh, are up three to two right now. And last night, LA uh, really was the last night. No, I'm sorry, two nights ago, LA really did their thing. Paul George really did his thing. Reggie Jackson stepped up. Um, you think? I mean, again, they were down 0-2 in this series, like they were um, in the previous two series. What do you think? Can they come back and win these last two games, one on the road and one at home? It's very possible. When you look at the games that Phoenix has won in this series, all have been very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one was the game that they won by the biggest margin and most comfortably. But after that, game two, they needed the Valley Oop to win. And they needed Paul George to miss free throws down the stretch. Game four might have been the ugliest playoff game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Both teams were just horrible on the offensive end. And yeah. we were at David Buster's watching that game and also watching the Devontae Davis on fight card and my wife she's just sitting there like man this is ugly and you know people <laughs> and you know it's, i'm in phoenix so of course there's a pro sons crowd in there so people are cheering it's tense because it's close but it wasn't pretty basketball and they won because the clippers just couldn't make a shot so when you look at the other games that have been the series that the clippers have won they've been able to spread the margin out play well look better and not win by the other team not playing well, but win by them playing well instead of by default, per se. So I think the Clippers have a good chance of coming back. Of course, you know, tonight, I think the first quarter is going to tell us a lot how they come out. They're going to be at home. Uh, And Chris Paul's legacy is on the line. If Chris Paul is the leader of this team and they give up a 3-1 lead to a team without their best player in Kawhi Leonard, this is where people are going to point to Chris Paul not being a guy. Right. I'm a big Chris Paul fan. I don't want to see it happen to him. But yeah. the people who are the Chris Paul doubters are going to point to this series. They're going to point back to the series when he was with the Clippers and he lost the 3-1 league to Houston. And, of course, when he lost to OKC in the playoffs as well, where he kind of had a meltdown in the fourth quarter. Those are going to be his legacy points where people are going to say, great player, but he choked in these moments or he didn't come through in these yeah. moments. Yeah. So it's really big for Chris Paul and his legacy for Phoenix to go ahead and close out this series. Yeah, and some say he wasn't available for these moments and everything like that. Um, It's tough because he's one of the best players I've ever seen not to win a championship. I love Chris Paul. He's one of my favorite players. But, yeah, you got to show up in the big moments. And, look, you got to be able to take one out of these last two and get yourself over to the championship and play the Bucks or Atlanta, which we're going to get to right now. And Atlanta, man, there is fight in them, bro. 2-2. What can you say? Trey Young goes down with an ankle injury. And he sits out game four, the Bucs um, at Atlanta. And th- 
they still pounded Milwaukee as Giannis went down with a hyperextended knee in the third quarter. Um, that's rough right there for Milwaukee. That stinks. I mean, they're missing Trey Young Atlanta. Now we got to see what's going on with Giannis and the MRI. I got to get an update on that. If you have one, great. Let me know. But one thing I got to say is that Nate McMillan, he don't get enough credit. Yeah. And just to touch on Giannis, they did do the MRI. They said there's no structural damage or okay. no ligament damage. All right. Um, but I still don't picture him playing with how nasty that landing looked. Um, yeah. With the hyperextended knee, you know, that's going to be a big bone bruise on that knee. It's going to be very hard to move. And the way he plays, he depends on being explosive. And it's going to be very hard for him to play with that. If he does, you know, all props to him. But it'd be very hard for me to see him playing well if he does play with the hyperextended yeah. knee that he had. It was, it was looking nasty. And a normal human being would have saw everything the way he landed. But, you know, Giannis, he's a Greek freak for a reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Nate McMillan, I made a point last night. So at the beginning of the game, we know Trey Young wasn't playing. Milwaukee comes out tight. They feel the pressure because they're expected to win. Atlanta's missing their best player, who they depend on so heavily on offense. Milwaukee comes out flat. They feel the pressure, not prepared. And Atlanta goes off into a double-digit lead. Milwaukee, Giannis gets hurt. Atlanta, they don't get tight. What they do, they pounce on them. They increase their lead. Mm -hmm. And that's where you see the difference in coaching. Nick McMillan's team, when the other team lost their best player, we're going to pounce on you. You better be ready because we're coming for you. Milwaukee, they felt the pressure. And I feel like that comes from the top on down where Budenholzer had them tight in that game. Instead of having them loose and prepared and ready to go, they were tight thinking about, oh, we're expected to win now. And you saw it come through in that game. They were finally starting to have some momentum in the third quarter right before Giannis got hurt. But I still don't think they would have came back and won that game. So you got to give props to Nick McMillan doing an excellent job. I don't understand why they haven't signed him already as the permanent coach. <laughs> like it should have already happened. There's no interim that should be in front of his name right now, especially he gets them to the NBA finals. Uh, but again, everything is falling in place for Phoenix. No Kawhi Leonard. Right. For the Bucks, Giannis just got hurt with a nasty knee, you know, hyperextension. Trey Young with the bone bruise on his foot with right. the freakiest of injuries stepping on a referee's yep. foot. Talking like, about everything. big ass foot. Figure about Kevin Durant. Referee got big ass foot. <laughs> So everything's falling in place for the Suns. So, again, I really think if Chris Paul and the Suns don't win the championship, this is going to be the year that's really held against Chris Paul. Yeah, man. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. No matter that he missed the first two games, it wasn't due to injury. You know, he's back. He's healthy. Everything is fine. Um, yeah, interesting. And an interesting fall that he had uh, last night or the other night. Uh, that was, oh, yeah. 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 That no, was, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad that he was okay on that one. Uh, it was, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the meme I made out of that one. I said, Chris Paul is my diet. And yeah. <laughs> Pat Beverly was all the fast food that I like. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, my diet falling off the, off the cliff. Oh, right. man. Pat Beverly was mocking <laughs> the hell out of him when he did that, man. I can't believe that. That was crazy. I'm like, oh, shoot. Damn, in the moment. But, um, yeah, real, really quick, I just want to mention before we get to applause and tomatoes that I did um, actually call KJZ, Keyshawn, uh, uh, Jay Will and uh, Zubin in the morning, and I asked them if they thought that Paul George could be a the, the best player on a championship team, which I don't think so, but the way that he's been playing, he's been proving it. So really quickly, um, do you think he could be the best player on a championship team, Paul George? He has the talent to be that. We saw that in the last game. You drop 41 points, you go 15 or 20, 
from the field. You hitting crossovers, making people like Chris Paul fall, who's an excellent defender. Yeah, hitting three pointers. Go to you. There's nothing Paul George can't do in that court. That's true. Drive to the goal, mid range, three point shooter. Can d up like he can do a good passer. He can do literally everything on the basketball court. There's yep. no reason for him not to be at the same level as Kawhi, at the same level as all these other guys who are two-way players. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he didn't want that, right? Even when you go back to his OKC days, he was behind Russell Westbrook. Even though he had probably his best season overall, He, I think he finished third MVP voting his last year in OKC. He didn't want that number one responsibility. Yeah. Now, if he's able to get the Clippers to the NBA Finals without Kawhi, he's showing you that he could be the best player on championship team. But for some reason, he didn't want that. But this series may show him and us that he's capable of that. Well, that is possible. Again, I, I stand pretty firmly right now that he's not. I think he's playing out of his mind, this A-plus game. So I don't think that he can be the best player on a championship team. I think he could be obviously a solid two, but no Kawhi. And if Kawhi was there right now, I don't know if we're talking about the Suns being up 3-2. to two, And I want to say hi to Paul over here who's saying that PG-13 is uh, too inconsistent. So that's his opinion. Hey, man, we appreciate it. We want all your opinions out there, and you're allowed to have them, no doubt. All right, let's go to what we like to call applause and tomatoes. And based on whether you're uh, hearing good things, you'll get this. Or, on the other hand, you can get this. All right, so let's start this bad boy. Applause and tomatoes. Nikki, you know how we do it. We're starting with you, homegirl. Bring the tomatoes, toss them. Who's who done bad this week? Tell us about it. Oh man, I got double tomatoes. Oh, oh. <laughs> not wearing no. a white shirt. All right, I'm good. <laughs> so I'm at NBC again, and I'm also pissed off at Netflix. So both of you, I'm coming for you this week. So here we go. NBC cancels another great show. I don't know if you guys ever watched Good Girls. Um, no, sorry. No? Yes? Yes. 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 I, I heard about the cancellation. Yes. It pisses me off. Like, so, again, like, we get, like, I was, you know, complaining about Manifest, what, last week, week before. So we get, what, two, three seasons in. Okay. Could somebody give the writers a heads up? Like, hey, you wrap this up in, like, a couple episodes. So I guess with Good Girls, Netflix was supposed to pick up this show. So the deal falls through. And do you know what Netflix is replacing Good Girls with? Is This is the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. Sexy beasts, okay? And it's two people with, like, a animal head or mask on, and they go on a date together. And who's watching this shit? Who is watching this? I am very, very concerned for the intelligence in this country. If like this is what you're watching, like, you know what? I hope HBO Max picks up Good Girls because D, you watch it. I actually think that's a better fit. They're not going to be restricted. It's kind of a dark comedy. Like, hopefully HBO picks it up. But NBC, I'm done with you. Netflix, I, I should just cancel you for this stupid dating show that you're putting out there. HBO Max, I hope you come through. Damn. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm a fan of Good Girls. Hopefully it does get picked up by somebody else. I do have HBO Max, so I would watch it on there. I'm surprised that it fell through with Netflix. I don't. I want to know the details. What exactly <laughs> happened? Were the actors asking for too much? Was it NBC asking for too much to get it from them? What exactly happened to make it fall through? Because 
all the seasons were going straight from NBC to Netflix. So it seemed like they already had a good relationship. Yeah. Going there. Was, yeah. I think it was like, it's some, obviously something about money, but my thing is why can't it just go to Peacock? All these shows. It doesn't sure. NBC have Peacock, right? Isn't that their streaming? Yeah. Yes. yes. It makes right. no sense to me. That's a yeah. good point. Peacock is weird. Sometimes I've heard on like Parks and Recreation and they're just showing like blips of different, um, you know, episodes. I'm like, what the hell's going on over here? I'm like, I want to watch an episode. They're like, help me out. Are you, you guys going to yeah. watch um, Sexy Beasts? Are you going to watch people? <laughs> I didn't have to, what you just said I'm not watching. Like, no, nah, it's not my jam. Uh, the only time I was watching a dating show was it was the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and was it, is it called Love is Blind? That oh. one where they had to like they couldn't see each other and they were like talking to these different pods and then after they chose each other they got to see each other like that one was the one we watched and that was like absolutely no sports was on Nothing. I had I couldn't do anything else <laughs> I couldn't make any excuses not to watch with my wife and next thing I know I'm all into the show and, <laughs> but that was the last one I watched so yeah I'm not into the date especially like oh they're gonna have the animal heads on they can't see each other yeah like really. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that's kind of weird. That's strange. Uh, quick shout out to uh, Jeffrey uh, Kaprowski over there. Oh, it's almost like Kelly Kaprowski from last week. But Jeffrey uh, George never took pressure well in his opinion. He's talking about first time he's stepping up to the, to the plate. So uh, you know, a little bit a uh, little bit of me, and then a little bit of you over there, Damien, with the things he's doing right now. Just wanted to yeah. shout that out. But your tomatoes are up, my friend. What do you got? So for my tomatoes. This week, ah, man, I got to throw my tomatoes at just injuries in general. Like the NBA playoffs have been riddled by injuries. We just mentioned Giannis, the hyperextension, Trey Young, the bone bruise on his foot, stepping on the referee's foot. We had James Harden playing on one leg. Kyrie went down. Mm. Uh, LeBron was hobbled. Anthony Davis was hurt. He came into the playoffs without Jamal Murray, without Jalen Brown. And it makes you wonder if the shortened season really has added to this. Uh, we mentioned Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard not playing right now. Mm-hmm. Now this season was shortened because last season had to be extended because of the big break in the middle due to the pandemic and playing in the bubble. This short this season had to be shortened so that next season could be another a regular season. Mm-hmm. Right next year we're going to actually have the eighty two games. Everybody in the stadium is going to be back to normalcy next season. So they had to put this season in a compact form, 72 games in a very small way. And you had teams who had to miss games due to COVID, like the Washington Wizards missed a lot of games early in the year and had to have them backloaded. So I think all that has led to the injuries. Some of it's just freak accidents. Trey Young stepped on referee's foot. Free, You know, Kyrie Irving was a freak accident. But when you have ones like groin injuries, hamstrings, calves, those come from not being able to rest. Not being properly rested before each game because you're going back to back to back. I saw earlier today that the Clippers have played every other day this month. Yes. That's crazy. (laughs) Like that's that's a crazy amount of basketball right there. So you that leads to a Kawhi Leonard having knee injury or something Mm -hmm. like that happening when you have a team playing that much. So hopefully next season we get back to a regular schedule. Less back-to-back games. We have teams healthier going into the playoffs. These playoffs have still been very good because of the parity and just how unpredictable it is. 
but the injuries really have like kind of sucked the life out of it, especially last night. When you saw Giannis go down like that, it really was like, ah, oh, come on. That all hurts. It hurts. Yeah, yeah. another another one. Best. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you want. I'd be cool if they reduce it to 72 games permanently, but spread the games out more. Then Great idea. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Go for that. You don't even have to you don't need 82 games to figure out who the best freaking eight teams are in each conference. You know, you don't need that many. It's it's all for money. We know that. But um you know, they're expanding the playoffs, so that's how they're making extra revenues. So we all know that. That We all know what these sports are about. I get it. No, that's I a great idea. If they keep the 72 games and keep the play-in tournament, I'll be fine with that. And then, yeah. like you said, you could spread it out amongst a regular time. You have more better-rested players. You have way better games. Like the bubble last season, we saw so many great games in the bubble because players were healthy, games were more spread yeah. out, and – People weren't traveling too. That's a big part of it. Travel yes. takes a lot out of you. That's so in the right. bubble, nobody was traveling. We saw a lot of great games. So of course you got to still have to travel because teams got to make their money and everybody you can't have everybody in the same place because people go crazy. But <laughs> if you can limit the travel and have players not playing every other day throughout a month, it would prevent injuries, and I think we'll have a better season, a better postseason at least next year. I agree. I agree, man. I, hey, look, we know where we they heard it first. They heard it over here on Third and Three podcast. So again, <laughs> give us the credit that you never do, guys. You know, just keep uh, keep taking our ideas. <laughs> so yeah. All right, some more tomatoes. I'm going to throw my tomatoes at, and and th- this goes for everybody. I think that we can understand this. The people who follow you on social media, like Twitter, then they unfollow you just to get their numbers up. What? Go. F yourself. Grow the <laughs> f- up already. Who, do you, you really trying to be cool? Are you that 17-year-old kid in your basement who's like, you know, you're following this guy, and then like a day later you're going to unfollow him and think they don't notice or whatever it may be? I, you know, I do this thing on it's uh, like Twitter unfollow because I like to see like, you know, who like little snakes out there in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll check it out. And then, of course, I'll unfollow them and be like, ah, jerk, you tried to get your followers up. And they and I watch and I see they have like they're following like four people and they have like, you know, 15,000 followers or something like that because they buy them or whatever. So, you know what? Grow up, you people. Do not follow someone and then unfollow them the next day or the day after whatever, just to get your numbers up so you can be cool. You're not cool. I promise you. You promise you you're not cool. So my all my tomatoes are getting thrown to those kids today, and most of them probably are kids. It's ridiculous. Guys. How does that get your numbers up? Because if you if you it looks like you're like popular if you don't follow many people, but you have oh, oh yeah, like a celebrity who like, only like someone uh, like Skip Bayless. I don't think Skip Bayless follows anybody, or he follows like one person, right? Wow, and he has all these people, people that, yeah. yeah, and he has all these that follow him. Mark or something like that. You know, it's a, get the hell out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah. now nah, the the games that you have to play to become social media popular are just way too much. I'm yes. too old for it. Right, uh, you know, so the, the third and three podcast will be, you know, where I put my effort in in my podcast, but I can't put it into trying to get followers for myself now. Nah, that's <laughs> it's it's too much. It's crazy. It's a complete yeah. waste of time. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I did mention my applause already. So just going through a quick, um, like I said, I called in uh, to I called into KJZ on ESPN Radio and got through and was talking about Paul George carrying the Clippers. 
you mentioned it, D. He's got all the talent in the world, and what he's been doing lately is absolutely amazing. Without Kawhi Leonard, Reggie Jackson is stepping up, and I love that. He's playing really good. And Ty yeah. Lue is such a great coach. I'm, so it's really about the Clippers is where I'm giving to my applause over here for, again, you said it, and you took the words out of my mouth before. I wanted to say that they played every other day this entire month, and it's taxing. You're playing the best players in the league and you're flying back and forth all the time. So the Clippers are hanging in there without their best player and without maybe a top three, four, five at worst best player in the world in Kawhi Leonard. So I want to give my applause to the Clippers and Ty Lu for keeping that team together. We're talking about Nate McMillan, absolutely a great coach, but you know what? So is Ty Lue, man. Yeah, man. And Reggie about that action. Jackson has yeah. been balling, man. Oh, Reggie, like, uh, shout to my man from the Above the Rim podcast, Justin Lee. I was a guest on his podcast a few weeks ago, and he was doubting Reggie. I was like, don't doubt Reggie, man. You got to look at, you got to <laughs> believe what you, you got to believe what you're seeing when it comes to the basketball player on that court. Sometimes they build a reputation like a player could be on a bad team, like Reggie was for a few years there in Detroit. And you see him getting the good stats on a bad team. Like, oh, he's not really about that life. Now, Reggie's about that life, and Reggie's about to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie Dollar, baby. Go get him. Yep. So, um, yeah, my applause goes to the Clippers on that one. Damien, we're going full circle over here. Back to you for your applause, man. Yeah, that's a good applause right there for the Clippers. I like that one a lot. Thank you. Um, so, for my applause, I'm going to give it to the Atlanta Hawks. I've been doubting the Atlanta Hawks all year, and <laughs> I've been wrong. Uh, I want to formally apologize again to the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young for doubting you. I am sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> got to give them all the credit in the world. Kevin Herter, a.k.a. Red Velvet. Got to love that nickname. Uh, <laughs> Red Velvet out there killing them. Uh, Bogdanovich doing his thing. Uh, Bogdanovich is pretty funny, too. I saw an interview he did with Shaq. I don't know if you saw it where uh, Shaq was messing with him saying that, all the people who have the last name of N and Vich always can shoot. Yeah, he was yeah, like, right, right, yep. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I saw that, you know, your best season as a free throw shooter was called Yonilovich. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, I always love players like that who could joke around. Like I said, Red Velvet's killing it. And the fact that they were able to go out there without Trey Young and just dominate the Bucks before Giannis got hurt, they were dominating. And then once Giannis got hurt, they just put their foot on their neck like you know you're not gonna breathe you're not getting up we're killing you i love that mentality on the team so i gotta give my applause to atlanta hawks all right man yeah man i'm with you all the way i could have gone that direction also five seed doing what they're doing beating the number one seed uh in the last contest when ben simmons came. absolutely man i'm with you all the way i think it's a great one a great one hey nikki take us home with this all right, so real quick, my applause. I don't know if you guys watched any of the Olympic trials this past weekend, um, but I am a huge Olympics fan. And look, like just to see like the looks on their face and the moment like when you know they made it to the Olympics and the gymnastics team was announced. So just like shout out to all of them because I am in such awe of these athletes and what a cool feeling that must be. I know they are competitors and I know like making it's not good enough. They want gold, but I hope they were able to take that moment and, you know, just kind of like reflect on all their hard work. And uh, there are so many people in the country rooting for you guys. So just shout out to everybody on their way to the Olympics. Like we can't wait to watch all of you guys. Well done. Yes. Well done. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, Man, okay. I, can you imagine being an Olympian? 
Like no. you're one of the best people in the world at what you do. Yeah. And you know, if there was an Olympics for pilot for a podcast, we would be there, right? Oh, no. <laughs> we already <laughs> the last year. Yeah. No doubt. We're in the whole game. Unfortunately, they haven't added the podcast sports <laughs> to the Olympics yet. So until they do that, we have to just sit back from afar and admire. Um, but it's something that I couldn't imagine, man. And you know, it's I wish I was fast enough or swam good enough or uh-huh. you know, did anything well enough to be an Olympian. That's just super dope. It's oh my gotta God. be amazing. But yeah. Jay, Jay, I have to ask you, you yeah, we didn't touch on this in the news. The UFO report came out. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, what are my thoughts? My thoughts are <laughs> that I've been right the whole time, and I've been telling you guys this, but unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't come out with enough information. So I'm really pissed off about that. They really didn't tell us anything except for, yeah, there are things up there, and we're just not exactly sure what the hell they are. It's like, okay, well, that's great. Thanks a lot. Like, tell us what we <laughs> Like, this is what we knew already. We were waiting for you to tell us what you guys know. So help us out over here. So that was the big report that came out in June. Give me a freaking break. All right. That was an absolute joke. So thank you for bringing it up again and proving that I am right. Like Cleveland went to the playoffs last year. You know, that's oh, sort of <laughs> Bunch of, like really, you guys just I, I think you guys are go in cahoots, right? Probably on Tuesday nights when we don't talk. You're like, how do we troll Nikki and, and troll her and piss her off? <laughs> Man, I didn't know she knew about that. D has she found out? I don't know. I don't know how she found out because I thought I'd kept it a secret. <laughs> I mean, I blocked it from my phone and everything, you know. <laughs> Uh, but yes, the UFOs, they are here, but they're not telling us what's going on. But uh, we'll tell you what's going on right now in a brand new segment. You guys ready for this bad boy? It is called Pay Him or Trade Him. So let's see if we're going to do that right now. The first one up, and these are guys that are coming up on a contract year, um, You know whether they've, they're on their rookie contract or they're going to sign with another team, whatever it is. So let's just go through a few right now. Nikki, let me start with your favorite player, Baker Mayfield. And what should Cleveland do? Do you think that he has proven himself in really the one good year that he's had to remain their quarterback and to get $35 million a year? Man. Like, See, why couldn't I be an Olympian or a quarterback? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, like I grew up to be a project manager. No kidding. <laughs> um, no, okay, I know. I hate on Cleveland a lot. I still don't have a ton of faith in them, but you know, I do think that he's. I would I would sign him and and kind of just like let this team uh, let this team keep gelling and and see what happens because they they have made big strides. So I I would sign yeah. him. They made big strides. I mean, he had a, a great year last year. What was it? Uh, 24 touchdowns, six yeah. interceptions, which is tremendous. You're not turning the ball over, Damian. That's a great thing. I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield fan. He definitely had a better year last year, but I think that was most mostly derived from the running game and their defense stepping up at times. They, didn't, they weren't solid on defense all year. You know, They did get in a couple of shootouts, and Baker did prove that he can throw the ball. I think he had a five-touchdown game, as a matter of fact, if I remember yeah, correctly. That was the Ravens game, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's against a tough defense. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that he's worth it to pay all that money to, or maybe they should wait in the draft and you know, maybe give him that franchise tag for the fifth year or whatever it is because uh, he's a first-rounder and everything. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would definitely do the option year 
and see what I have there in Baker. Um, he's not somebody who's proven himself to be a $35 million a year guy. Mm. I think I've mentioned this idea before where you have to put guys, you should be able to put guys in a mid tier mm. and these guys get like 20 million between 10 and 20 million, depending on where they are at in that tier. Baker Mayfield would be in that tier. I think he'll be on the upper end of the mid tier, but mm-hmm. still in the mid tier. Um, but be, the way the system works, he's going to get signed. He's going to get upwards of 35 million a year. Right. If I was the GM, I'll be hesitant on that because, like, I agree with everything you said. The run game is crazy with Chubb and Hunt. And basically, he's working off of, okay, they're going to run the ball, play action, easy passes. Right. And when those easy passes aren't there, we saw him struggle. And we've mm-hmm. seen him struggle in the past. Uh, he's still not somebody who you just depend on and say, okay, we're going to go five wide. You run the offense. See what you can do. He's not that type of quarterback. If that's no. the $35 million quarterback, he's I the guy agree. who in that mid-tier where you can say, oh, you had the right pieces around him. He's very Kirk Cousins-ish in that mm-hmm. way where you're like, you got to put the right pieces around him. He can succeed, but he's not a guy who can carry a squad. Yeah, you see, and that I agree. And if they pay him all that money, they're not going to be able to pay the other players. Therefore, they're not going to be a better team. You know, you need to yeah. have these guys. And there was like a story that came out recently where – um, I forgot who it was, so I'm sorry. I can't give credit where if you're not paying your quarterback a lot of money, you are obviously going to have a much better team. And sure, I can understand that knowledge, but you know, Brady still got 25 million last year. That's pretty good. So, I mean, so I mean, look, these things happen, but um, yeah. yeah, that's definitely one I'm curious about. You know, Baker Mayfield, and I don't feel I'm with you, I don't feel like he's that guy that you pay all that money to in order for him to carry a franchise for the next, you know, whatever it is, five, six, seven, eight years or something like that. So I'd be very hesitant and I might be looking elsewhere in the draft that they do like somebody. Let me get to the next one. This is, you know, I'm saying this and it should be a yes across the board, but I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I got a question mark about Lamar Jackson because if if, if his legs fail him in any way, if he if he suffers, God forbid, an ACL or something like that, that takes away, I don't know, 65, 70% of his game, which is what defenses fear and what allows him to throw the ball downfield in single coverage. So he's a guy I'd be very hesitant to give money to, Damien. I get your point, but his throwing stats are good, right? And he, he gets that single had... coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. The reason he gets that coverage is because teams are scared to turn their backs to him. So you're not going to have, you know, rivalry was getting bracketed where you could have one guy underneath, one guy over stuff like you're not going to see those type of coverages because as soon as he sees the cornerbacks back to him, he could just take off and get 50 yards like he's that type of athlete. Right now, what I have to say just to like counter that is we haven't seen him with a true number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or like a wide receiver core yet, right? So okay. I think if you add that wide receiver core and slowly take back his running responsibilities, mm-hmm. he'll be able to succeed because you still have that threat there, but then he'll throw the ball more or as the years go along and he develops as a passer. And he's already an MVP. So you have to pay yes. him. Yes. Like you have to pay him that money. He's gonna get broke off. You see, I, I do understand that. He, that's the thing. He's been an MVP already, and they go to the playoffs, and he took over for Joe Flacco and, you know, got them in. Yes, I know they lost to the Chargers at that time, but yada, yada. I mean, look, he's definitely proven himself, Nikki. so I understand. How do you not pay him? 
Yeah, and but D is right though. Like we haven't seen the Ravens with the true number one. They need it. Yeah, they absolutely need it. So I, yeah, no, I would like to see him with his full arsenal of weapons, just like Baker Mayfield gets to have. So so let's see it. And this is, you know, I think this year, obviously, you know, we're going to see a lot more. And we saw slight improvements in his game a little bit. And he, I think he knows he has to work on it. But I I want to see him with the true number one because the Ravens don't have that. All right. All right. I'm down with it. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. I think this one we can all agree on. I'm not even sure why I put him there, but the quantum leap, man, Josh <laughs> Allen. I mean, you definitely paid this guy $40 million, right, Damien? Yeah. You got to break him off. He was a top three quarterback in the league last year. I see no reason for him to slow down or to regress. He should continue to get better as long as he's working on his game. So, yeah, you got to pay that man that money, and his bank account is going to take a quantum <laughs> leap, leap, leap. <laughs> that was great. I like that. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, Nick, he's going he's to be in the upper echelon. He's not going to make Patrick Mahomes money, but he's going to make a hell of a lot of it, maybe even more than $40 million. No, I listen, if I was the Bills, I'm trading him. No, I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Your faces are priceless. I, I skipped a heartbeat right there. Wow. Just kidding. Let me get back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely Josh Allen. No doubt. Well, let me give you another one. Um, Jamal Adams. Now, here's a guy. I think he's stuck with Seattle. I think one more year that, that he's with them. I got I to gotta double check this with Jamal Adams. But him yeah. being one of the best safeties in the entire league, I mean, you know the man wants to get paid. That's why he left the Jets. He didn't like anything going on over there with them. So, uh, you know, Jamal Adams, Nikki, I think that if you're Seattle and you're lacking on defense right now, maybe they should bring Richard Sherman back. He's like, I got to have my list. But Jamal Adams, I think you have to go ahead and pay him. But how much do you pay him? That's the thing. Hmm. What is the going rate? Yeah, that's maybe fifteen safeties. Yeah, fifteen million seven tops. Uh, like that, that's the very best if you are, and he thinks he is. No, I, I, I know that. I, uh, he's got some like absentee issues too. So yes, yes. Um, I, I would be a little hesitant. I don't think that he should. Yeah, I know he thinks he's the best, but he does <laughs> have you know reliability issues and absentee issues. So for me, I'd be a little hesitant. I don't think that. I mean, fifteen, seventeen okay. million. I wouldn't pay that. No. All right, I get it. I get it. Or how do you know, like, if he's not satisfied with the Seahawks, that oh, I want to be out of here too, and you know, I just get a little, you know, a little leery about that. Maybe, maybe, yeah. If you want to be out of two teams in really one calendar year, then um, I don't know who you point the finger at. Is it the mirror or is it somebody else across the side of the desk? I don't know. But, D, what do you think about Jamal Adams? So just to uh, clarify, the highest paid safety in the league right now is Justin Simmons for the Broncos, and he's at 15.25 for this year. Oh, there we go. Okay, so I agree. Cool. That should have been so, knowledge for Nikki. I'm taking a point. <laughs> <laughs> I need it, so, so save it. <laughs> so he's gonna want more than that, right? He's gonna want 15.5, 16 million. Uh-huh. And I feel like the Seahawks put themselves in a position where they have to pay him. Think about how much they gave up to get him. Yeah. If right. they don't re-sign him, it's a failed trade. Mm. Yeah, because they give a lot of picks to get him. And the Jets, if they mess around and turn those picks into players, 
it's the Jets, so it might not happen. But if they turn those players, those picks into good players, and you only have Jamal Adams for two years, one which was injury riddled, that's horrible on your investment. So I mm. think they have to sign him, and he is when healthy, one of the best safeties in the league. But is he a safety that you trust in coverage? Is the question, right? That's, because yeah. Other safeties that are paid the 15 to 14 million, the ones I'm looking at now, Buda Baker, Eddie Jackson, uh, Tyron Matthew, the highest paid guys, you trust them in coverage along with being able to come down and make plays. Good Jamal point. Adams is somebody who's no more known for being at the line of scrimmage, getting sacks, just causing havoc. But is he somebody you could trust to play center field? So depending on your defense, that's what you need. But I feel like the Seahawks have to pay him. You know, it's funny. While you're talking, I'm thinking, like, he should be a linebacker maybe or something like that. He might be better suited for that. He's tough, man. He gets in there. Like you said, he comes down in the box a lot. So, all right, very interesting. I like both of your points of view right there. All right, let's get a couple of more in here. Um, let's just try to close it out with a few more. What do you think about Philip Lindsay, guys? I know that they got a little duo going over there in Denver, but do you think that they should keep him around and keep that, quote-unquote, dynamic duo along with Melvin Gordon? What do you think about that, Damian? Yeah, because it's not like Melvin Gordon has shown us anything since his Charger days of being a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Philip Lindsay, I think you got to keep him around. And running backs, if you, especially if you're paying him to be part of a duo, he's not going to be expensive. He's not going to be at a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara type level money wise. Right. right. So he's not cost you that much. Why not keep him? That makes sense. Yeah, he'd be somewhere in the five to seven million range, Nikki, which yeah. is definitely not a lot for you know for a running back of his stature. So, and th- that may work out. What do you think? Yeah, no, it seems like I don't have to pay a lot, and there's upside. So why not? It seems like good value there. All right, all right. Let's keep it going. Pay him or trade him. Uh, just a couple of more, and uh, two big ones in my opinion. One is Chris Carson. Uh, when he plays, he plays well for, for Seattle. He does also have a little bit of a history of getting hurt, but he's tough. He comes back in games, and he gets in the end zone. He does his thing. He's been their best running back since Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I know it's not that long of a time ago, but he's really proven himself, Chris Carson. So, Damian, I think that they should really try to keep on to him because they can't Richard, uh, rely on Brashard Penny or any of these other guys, you know, Carlos Hyde is gone, you know, so I think they got to keep him, and I, I think they got to pay him. I'm hesitant on him, man. Mm-hmm. Again, the availability factor mm-hmm. when it comes with him, um, there was a reason why, you know, there was a point during the season when the Seahawks seemed like they had no running backs, because they had yeah. no running backs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got hurt. Uh, so for me, his lack of availability would has- make me hesitate. Give me a cause okay. to pause on him. So I would say trade him. Okay. All right. So Damien saying trade him. Nikki, I'm kind of thinking you're going the same way because I know availability is a huge thing with you. Yes, it is a huge thing with me. I would trade him. However, I don't know if you guys saw his uh, workout pictures on Instagram. And oh, my. <laughs> Ladies, check it out. <laughs> Go ahead, girls. Go for it. I'll just take your word forward. Ripped. Oh, man. Okay. So we're talking like a Tim Tebow type level? like. I mean, personally, I think he looks better. 
Wow. I mean, like, go ahead, ladies. If you're listening, go go ahead, check it out. Uh, but yeah, no, I I would trade him. That that he that availability would just sketch me out too much. All right, I get it. I get it. There's one more I got to get to over here, and this is a big one. And he's one of the best at his position, and um, he won Defensive Player of the Year, as a matter of fact, just recently. And that's Stefan Gilmore in his last year with the Patriots. And we know how Bill Belichick likes to do. He likes to get rid of you before you know, the end of your peak and everything like that. So is there a possibility, Damien, that he gets rid of Stefan Gilmore and tries to get, I don't know, a second rounder for him? He's not going to get a first rounder at this point. I really don't believe that. They would be lucky if they did. Maybe a second and a third, something like that. Um, but then again, on the other hand, I would want to keep a guy like that. When you have a lockdown corner, you don't have to worry about another side of the field. Yeah, we saw him take a little bit of a step back last year. Uh-huh. And with with Bill Belichick, you take a half step back. He sees it. Mm. You're out of there normally, especially if you're going to be a high paid guy. Um, so I could see them trading him, especially if he is showing that he's not happy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're you're causing some disruptions. You know, you're not going about it. The Belichick. Oh, I said the Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is the Belichick way, the Patriots and Belichick way. That's, that's a new a new term created by accident there. Belichick, the Belichick way of right. just do your of just do your job. Um, so if he's not doing that, I could see them trading him, trade him to the Saints. We would definitely take him. So yeah. maybe it's a hopeful trade him on my end. yeah look i think that he would make any team better and i don't know i think the patriots would i don't know i think it'd be fun of them to get rid of get rid of him he might be one of those players where you know what you keep nikki i don't know what are your thoughts i think they should keep him and pay him i know he did take a step back i know we talked about it last year too and i get that uh, they probably will trade him because that's what they do. I don't think they should. But you guys see, he is very frustrated and he's taking it out on Twitter. And he just like retweeted uh, CBS Sports. They posted highest paid DBs in the NFL. And he just put, oh, okay, dot, dot, dot. So it's Jalen Ramsey at 20, Marlon Humphrey, 19.5, uh, Tredavious White, Darius Slay, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, James Bradbury, my boy, whoop, whoop, 14.5, <laughs> Mark Peters, Trey Ware, and William Jackson at 13.5. Yeah, the only so one that doesn't that. fit there is probably Slay, but yeah. he's previously pretty good. He's at right. 16.7. Yeah. Number yeah, you four. got a big five-year deal with uh, yeah. with me, right? Yeah, yeah, you got a nice deal, no doubt. So he's oh, upset. Right. No, I like that, Nick. You good backup right there. We need that information. I like that a lot. All right, excellent, excellent stuff. Loving the show so far. Third and three podcast, rocking and rolling, presented by the Sports Column. We appreciate it. That is pay him or trade him. Believe me, that is coming back to the show. There's no doubt about it. But it is time for Mount. Player, player, and this week, this is really cool. Very interesting topic, and, you know, could get a little sappy over here, but we'll try not to. But uh, the top four influential people in our lives that are not family members, so blood cannot through the same course of their veins as ours in order for them to be on their list. You have to be a non-family member, somebody that you met, whatever it is. We're going to find out because I have no idea what they got. They have no idea what I have, but we're about to start it. We got four of them each, and we're going to do it right now. I'm going to start off with my number four, guys, 
and it is freaking Michael Jackson. What an influence he had on me. He made me want to dance. I dressed as him as, as a youngster for Halloween, like three, four years in a row. I even did a dance at a talent competition with a friend of mine, and we like choreographed the routine in about like two minutes. Really? I got to yeah. see this. I got yeah. I wish you that. I'll show something. you my eighth grade Spice Girls picture. <laughs> <laughs> if I can find the VH. Or TLC. That's what it was. TLC. Sorry. Oh, man. We, we, we were young. We were young. Then, uh, then I'm 16 years old. I think I may have told you guys the story once before. I was 16. Met a sweet, excuse me, met a sweet 16. And somehow I end up in the middle of a circle surrounded by like 30 people. And Billy Jean is on. And like this like spotlight comes on me and I start freaking dancing. I have the hat on already. I don't even know how it got on my head. <laughs> like Michael Jackson would. I mean, it was just amazing. Now I have to do, honestly, I swear to God, any wedding that I had been to after the age of 16, I have had to do Billy Jean. Not only is it like, hey, Jay, you know, come on out on the... No, it is announced on the microphone, Jason oh, Spearman, come to the stage. We are doing Billie Jean now, and the pressure is on. When I Definitely. have to do the moonwalk and I can't do it that well, that's my toughest time. But everything else, yo, man, I can do that stuff. Michael Jackson was a huge influence on me when I was younger. I got all his albums. I loved him, loved him, guys. So I had to go with that for number four, but he could have been hired, D. Now, that's a great pick right there, an influence on many, many, many people. And I think I've told you guys a story of we had the Michael Jackson experience on the Wii. And my uh, my mom has a video of me and my little sister doing Beat It. Uh, I still yes. remember it to this day. I still <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still, I still know the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, now Michael Jackson, rest in peace to the legend, man. He's a great influence on a lot of people. No doubt. No doubt. Love it right there. All right, Nikki, what do you got for your four? Uh, so my number four was um, my very first boss, Mrs. Waxman. Me and my friends, or no, I said that incorrectly. My friends and I, whatever. I was <laughs> 17. <laughs> And, um, you know, we worked at this, it was called the Seahorse Motel uh, on Long Beach Island. And we were just like cleaning rooms and, you know, like doing laundry, checking guests in. It was like a little hotel. Um, but she is number four because she was absolutely the most horrible person I have ever worked for in my entire life. And sometimes people who influence you, like... You just kind of look at them and you're like, okay, I don't ever want to be like this person ever in my life. And you kind of learn like what not to do. I mean, she <laughs> was so terrible. Like we would never get breaks. You know, the little dusters, like she would fling them at our face. Like she'd make us like wash her car and then be like, you need to use cherry spray on my tires. Like she didn't want to pay anybody. She wanted us to work like ourselves to death. I mean, she was just like an awful, just an awful, awful person. I remember just thinking if I'm ever in a leadership position or managing people, like, please, I promise I will be respectful. I will not throw things at people. So she was influential because prior to that, I mean, I didn't really work or do anything and so my first boss was like a horrible horrible lady so i will never forget her just because she was so terrible but from working from her i learned what not to do and how to go. respect uh people who are under you 
I dig it. Yep. Sometimes you can learn what not to do. And I have had people in my life like that also. So I totally dig that. I like that little twist right there, Nikki. Good job. Good job. All right, D, what do you got for four? My number four is not one person. It's a group of people. And it's all you people out there who don't tip. (laughs) (laughs) It's all you you people who, when you take your grocery basket to your car, you don't put it back into the designated area where the grocery carts are supposed to go. (laughs) All those people have influenced me not to be an a-hole like them. Okay. (laughs) So so my first job was a bag boy at a grocery store. And it was my job to go outside and get the buggies and put them back into the area. And people would have them everywhere. Like I would find carts like in another parking lot. I'm like, what? (laughs) Really? Like, because I knew the exact amount. It wasn't like it was a big grocery store. It was one called uh, Ragusa or Rag USA that we called it. And it's, I think there's, that's only at one location there in Morello, Louisiana. And it was a smaller grocery store. So we only had like 20 baskets. So when I was like come up short and I got 19 and I got to go find it in the McDonald's parking lot, I'm like, what are you doing with the basket in the McDonald's parking lot? So it really influenced me. Like till this day when I go to the grocery store, I always put it back in the designated area because I know some poor guy, yeah. especially out here in Arizona, just like I was in Louisiana sometime, out there in the heat, sweating. Mm-hmm. getting all these baskets. So for people out there, please put your baskets back into the area. All right. Yes. And for the people who don't tip. All right. Unless you get horrible service. Right. And they don't deserve a tip outside mm-hmm. of that. Please tip because a lot of waiters, waitresses, hostess, they make a lot of their money off of tips. And also, yeah. Yeah. And tip the, your Uber and Lyft drivers as well. That makes their day go by faster, makes them get to their goal faster as well. They're doing a service for you. They're, this is how people don't think about it this way. The, your life is in the hands of a Lyft driver. Oh, yeah. Like So when, you, when you're in their car, you might want to tip them for doing a good job of getting you there safely. Like Think about it that way. Like, oh, I should tip this person $5 for getting me here safely, and we yeah. didn't die. Like that's something that we should. Based <laughs> should on do. that five star rating too, I got my my Uber. I'm a five star passenger now. Oh, yeah. I, I tip everybody, and I always put my cards back. I'm gonna tip the pilot yeah. next time we freaking land. Yeah, safe. right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, no be get those. That's a good one. Hey, I was I was a waiter for a very long time, so I definitely know all about tips, and I am one of those guys who will put the cart back in its designated area because you don't just leave it all over the, you don't, you know, I, the worst thing that I've ever done was put it up on that grass area. So it wouldn't like fall away if I was in like some like real hurry. But other than that, no, man, I'm with you, man. That's a really good one. That's a real good one. All right. So what are we up to? My number three, my number Mm -hmm. three, Hey B, I hope you're watching this right now. Miss Margot Bellamy. She's a teacher that I worked with and God, is she amazing. Her class made me feel so special. They made signs for me. They made cards for me. And having the kids greet, you know, greet me. And she's just an amazing teacher. She's tough as hell. All right. She's tough as hell on kindergartners. She's a kindergarten teacher. But the things that these kids learn, like the capitals of states and um, foreign countries and the capitals of them. And I can go on and on and on. But. B, Bellamy is incredible because of the way that she teaches, the way that she gets these kids who can be misbehaved to do exactly 
what she wants them to do. Otherwise, they will sit and do nothing, and they won't even eat their freaking lunch. So, mm-hmm. B, Bellamy, I hope you're listening right now because that's how much I have respect for you, that you are on my list, that she influenced me to be a better teacher and to understand things more. And the fact that I, I worked in a school um, for a couple of years that was – 95% black. And I was one of the only couple of white teachers and everybody embraced me. Everything was all cool and everything like that. But she was also one to like teach me like culture and certain things. And she's, um, you know, she's from the islands and she would talk to me and like, you know, I mean, love you and everything. It was freaking just awesome. I had the way she embraced me and it kind of like brought me into her family. So I love you, Miss, Miss B. I love you, Bellamy. You're the, you're the, you're the greatest major influence on my life so a fellow teacher right there for me guys so that's awesome yeah we don't even work together anymore we still text and we still call and we're going to be like that till the day an asteroid hits the planet or the aliens take over <laughs> <all> the other. <laughs> I, so love that. Can, I love it thank you thank you nikki what do you got for three uh okay so three is um a career mentor which I embarrassingly did not really realize how important it was to kind of have somebody take you under their wing until like, like well into my thirties, like recently, like a few years ago. But you know what? I just didn't really understand like the power of having a really good network of people and a professional network. Um, and kind of like the story is, I, I don't know if Kim's listening, maybe she is. Um, we really just kind of took a liking to each other. She's actually our company's uh, insurance agent. But, you know, she started taking me to all these networking events and kind of just like took me under her wing a few years, probably about like six years ago. And just kind of showed me, um, open the doors to a lot of relationships that have been incredibly helpful in my career. And for some reason, I was under this notion that like, I have to do it all on my own. And, you know, as time went on, it became very clear that like networking is a skill and you should do this for other people. And I have taken other people under my wing and I've opened doors for them. And so you pay it forward. And I really did learn that you know, it takes a village, right? You can't do everything yourself. And the power of a network, even like having you guys and just the power of, of a good network around you is invaluable. So Kim, you might be listening, you might be watching, you are on my list because you have opened so many doors for me. Um, and it's very much appreciated. That's cool. That's paying it forward also right there, just with words, right? I like that. I like that a lot. That's really cool. I dig it. Definitely. Dig. D, what you got for you three? So ironically, my number three is the opposite of your number three. So your number three was about (laughs) this excellent lady who helped you in the teaching world. My number three is the kids who I was a substitute teacher for who made me know that I was not meant to be a teacher. (laughs) So (laughs) I was a substitute teacher when I was, I was like, yeah, I was 18, 19 years old right before I went into the Navy. So when I initially signed up for the Navy, it was in January, but I didn't go to boot camp until October. Mm. So in that, you know, between time, I needed some money. And my recruiter was like, yeah, you could be a substitute. All you need is a high school diploma. And I was like, all right, yeah, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I got some of the baddest kids ever. What grade? 
so I, I did all grades between second. I even had like a, um, a junior class in high school, which I wasn't supposed to have because you're supposed to be at least 21 to do high school because they figure I'm right out of high school. So mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, right. things, things can happen, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was only supposed to do up to eighth grade, but they didn't have anybody for the high school that day, which it was funny because the kids knew me. They didn't respect me at all. I was right. like, I wrote Mr. Adams on a board, and my nickname was Stretch. He was like, shut up, Stretch. And he just went, back to, <laughs> went back to doing what they was doing. Um, but so for my last three months as a substitute, I had the same class. Unfortunately, a teacher got sick, and I became the substitute who was their real teacher for a sixth grade uh, English class. And I had some great students. Don't get me wrong. My I had four periods that I taught, second, third, yeah, second, third, fourth, and fifth. My first period was off. So my second period was pretty good class. A couple of people that talked a little bit, but not too bad. Third period was same. It was your basic class. You have like five excellent students, 20 in the middle, five <laughs> at the bottom, right? Yep, yep, yep. My fifth period, all the kids that's on the bottom, they put in the same class. Like <laughs> <laughs> It was like some out of a movie, man. Y'all come in, they throwing paper at each other. As soon as I open the door, they're yeah. just flying out the classroom. Like Sister Act had- too, when she goes to teach the music class and they're all just like <laughs> terrible kids. <laughs> yes. So that fifth period class and that sixth grade class, that was now, dang, 11 years ago now, let me know. I wasn't built for this. I'm not as good a person as Jason. Yeah. I wasn't built to do this. <laughs> That's not it. That's not it. And those, those kids influenced me to go in a different direction. And I continued on my way to the Navy and those other things that I did in my life. But I wasn't going to go back to teaching. So shout out to those wow. kids. Some of them are, are friends with me on Facebook now, which is hilarious because they're older now. They're like adults, which makes me feel super old. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they were super bad, man. But some of them did like me. I did get like at the end of the year. I got this whole thing like thank you, Mr. Adams, on the board, and they yes. gave me cards and stuff like that. So some of them did were like, yes. we know you gave you a hard time, but some of the other ones, man, breaking up fights, like everything, man, it was horrible. So yeah, thank you to those kids for showing me what I wasn't built for. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can go on. I will just say I relate to every single thing that you just said. I know exactly what you mean. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I do. It is really tough. All right. My second, number two overall, goes to Sensei Kane. All right, guys. I went to sleepaway camp. I, yeah, I took, like, karate when I was younger and everything. But I went to a sleepaway camp when I was 14. And it was um, it was a crazy camp that we had midnight raids. we go to the girls' bunks, you know, play ball all day, shooting. Crazy yeah, oh, no, it was crazy. <laughs> we got rifles and cans and they and then there was Sensei Kane, who taught me to be fearless. I'm not kidding. He, like, my father first taught me when I was, like, five years old, if you punch somebody in the nose, they'll never bother you again. So I learned how to deal with bullies. But I learned how to fight for real from Sensei Kane. So he told me to be fearless. He told me how to play defense. And he said that the best offense is, you know, a counter and defense and, you know, um, my opponent's punch and kick and allow would allow my opponent to make a mistake that I can take advantage of. So he taught me that because I was a smaller guy and most of the guys that I were fighting were bigger, obviously. He told me he taught me how to take advantage of that and how to use momentum against others and things. 
And it really helped because I'm not saying I grew up in a really tough neighborhood, but we go, you know, everybody got in fights and everything like that. And I knew how to defend myself, luckily, except for that beer bottle that hit me in the eye. And that's another story. I think I told you guys that. But yeah, you told that crazy story. I did tell you that terrible story. But Sensei Kane was like, this is how you do it. You know, you make yourself small so they have less to hit and everything like that. And you react to what they do. And it worked. And we had a actual championship for every age group. You know, you didn't you didn't fight like 17-year-olds didn't fight 14-year-olds, you know. So all the 14-year-olds, and I won. And I actually won the entire thing. And I was really, really proud of myself. And I remember he was really proud of me because he took a liking to me. So he taught me how to fight, how to defend myself, and I needed it when I grew up. So I really appreciate that. No, that's really dope right there. I love that story. Yeah, man. He's, he, he was great. He was, and I'm not the only one that he they, he took a liking to. He did it with others also. He, he didn't yeah. single me out, but he was that kind of guy. And um, damn, real, real quick uh, story. On the very the first round, I was in a bunk with the saint with a kid who was – the rat, the tattletale of everything. All oh, all. man. <laughs> I got him the first round, and I was like, I'm like, thank you, God. <laughs> I felt really bad because it's a, three points. I punched him directly in the face three times. He started crying. I won the match, obviously, but he deserved that shit, man, all right? I don't <laughs> care. I mean, he was ratting people out left and right, man. I remember we TP'd the whole entire council or bunk, they shaved our heads. They, they like brushed our eyes. It was cr- he ratted us out. He deserved that damn thing, man. So that's my number two right there. Thank you, Sensei. I appreciate. It. I appreciate <laughs> the it. epitome of snitches get stitches. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right. Rat, man, come on, keep keep your mouth shut. there are rules, man. There are rules yeah. in the yeah. jungle. You better obey them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but now we know that. In a zombie apocalypse, not only will Jason make sure we survive because we're gonna have all the tools, yes, we also can fight. Yes, so we know we gotta go to Jason when the zombie apocalypse. Oh, that's where I'm going. I'm going right there. Like, just, yeah. just, so, yeah. I got you guys. Just stay right behind me. I got you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my story. I appreciate it. All right, Nikki, what's two? Uh, so number two for me is my high school varsity cheerleading coach, Coach Sunderman, who up until that point. Oh, man, I've had tough coaches and tough dance teachers. um, But man, she was that type of coach where she would love you hard, but she would push you even harder. And I would have my days where I am like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't want to do this. Like competition, like, oh, my God, I am just exhausted. I hate this lady. You know, and I joined the team, you know, I got on young. So, of course, you're looking up to seniors and you're like, you want to do a great job and you want, you know, you just don't want to let anybody down. It's that team mentality. And you guys know you played sports like it really gives you that extra um, like you you can work well with people. Right. You don't want to let the team down. But Coach Sunderman, man, she pushed me to do things I did not think that I could do. I did not think I had it in me. And she would just push you past your limits. And I remember um, it was finally my senior year. And I think I told you guys this too, but, you know, we're, we're at our final few competitions. We're at counties. We're at, you know, New Jersey State. And nobody could take down Tom's River North. Nobody could take down Jackson uh, Regional High School in years, like years. And my class did it. 
we beat them, the look on our rival's face when we beat them, that moment where all the hard work, all the blood, all the sweat, all the tears, when you achieve something like that, I was like, I get it. Like I get what like grit is all about and all this hard work and pushing yourself to the limit. So Shout out to Coach Sunderman because prior to that, I didn't really push myself too hard. Like things came naturally. School kind of came natural. It was like, all right, like I don't have to try too hard. You know, it was like one of those kids, but she really pushed me. And I remember at our senior dinner, I like wrote her this letter, like, you know, thank you for pushing me and, and real, like showing me what grit is and hard work and that feeling when everything comes together and your hard work pays off. So Coach Sunderman, you are number two on my list. No doubt. Excellent. Excellent. Very cool. I heard you say Tom's River. Tom's River, New Jersey is where they have the Little League World Series, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. So yeah. they have Tom's River South, uh, Tom's River North. And North was like our big rival of where I went to high school. Um, and nobody could take them down, but we did. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you did. All right. Way to go, Nick. Hey, <laughs> go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. D, number two for you. All right. My number two is a tie between three athletes. Oh. Michael Jordan, Deion Sanders, Roy Jones Jr. Whoa, so wow. you, you guys know that my three favorite sports, <laughs> basketball, football, boxing, and those are the three guys who made me fall in love with each sport. Uh, Michael Jordan just being the greatest, being so cool, having everybody literally wanting to, I want to be like Mike. Having everybody <laughs> <laughs> wanting to be like Mike. Uh, and he's the reason I picked up a basketball and I still play basketball till this day. So obviously his influence on my life has been major. I'm going to be playing basketball when I'm 55. I'm going to be that old dude in the court following people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the one to call old school. And I'm already getting called that. Like I went to play with some young cats last weekend and I got called an OG. I felt so old in that moment. <laughs> it was like, oh, OG doing you dirty. I was like, dang. Yeah, but yeah, Michael Jordan definitely is the reason I picked up a basketball. I still love it to this day. Uh, Roy Jones Jr., we've talked about it before, my favorite boxer of all time. The reason I fell in love with boxing, the reason I still cover it and love it to this day and will watch it forever. Started with Roy Jones Jr. bringing that love to me. And Deion Sanders, he made football cool. Like mm-hmm. no one, there's never been a cooler football player than Deion Sanders. Prime time, bringing so much, <laughs> so much swagger to the game before swag was a word. Yeah, and just yeah, right. had the had the music video, even though you couldn't rap. Like you know, you gotta be cool <laughs> <laughs> to have the music video with no musical talent at all. <laughs> but you know, it must be the money. Like classic stuff like that. So those three gentlemen are the reason I fell in love with those three sports and talk about those three sports to this day. That's a great reason right there. That's a fantastic Mm. pick. I love that. I love that to go to three different sports and the three different players that brought you into there. I I think that's fantastic. Well done. Excellent. Number two. Can't wait to, can't wait to hear the number ones. My number one, I'm going to make it short, but uh, this man is my number one influence in life other than family members and uh, things like that. And I'm not going down the best friend route. When I was in eighth grade, I had a teacher, seventh and eighth grade, excuse me, when I was in junior high school is what they call it in New York. Mr. Fox, Mr. James Fox, he was the creative writing teacher and he made me love writing and made me love thinking freely. 
Like, I can do whatever the hell I want to do. I can fly if I want to, if I really put my mind to it. He was really just one of those amazing people that every kid loved. Nobody misbehaved in this guy's class. He never yelled. He never raised his... He was like Bob fucking Ross, all right? He was the <laughs> comic guy in the entire world, and everybody loved and respected him, and you don't misbehave in his class. It happened maybe once or twice or so, and he's like, just go to the principal's office very calmly. And everybody's like, yeah, get the hell out of here and go to the principal. You don't mess with Mr. Fox. And he was in tune again with a lot of other students, but he took a liking to me as well and said, you can do whatever you want. When you write, just think whatever you're feeling, whatever your heart gives you, whatever your mind gives you, whatever you like, whatever you love, whatever you think about. And I've written my entire life from the time I was 13 until then, but it goes beyond writing. It goes in your mind and what you can think about and what you can dream of and what you can do. And it's kind of like that thing called the secret, what you put into the universe, you get back. And I really believe that. And that was what he was trying to convey to me. So he really has been the number one influence. And since the age I was 13 years old, I remember him and I'll never forget him. And I ran into him at a deli uh, about 13, 14 years later. And immediately we like locked eyes. He had these big beady eyes, locked eyes like holy freaking crap and you know gave each other a hug because you're allowed to do that you know back then now you do that now you're in big freaking trouble you can't do that student and teacher type of stuff but no he was just amazing so i have to give it to him guys that's my number one that's my number one that's great number one right there i love that thank you thank you very influential people in my life i'm very lucky what about you nikki who's your number one you guys um, this. Actually, yeah, no, like shout out to the importance of teachers, really. So my second grade, my second grade teacher, Mrs. Statmore, um, I don't know, for some reason, we just kind of formed a bond and she was such an awesome teacher. Um, she even named her daughter after me. She named her daughter, Nicole. It was special. It was a special bond. And she we had like, for where I lived, we had like a, a diverse class. And I mean that as like, you know, I, I we had, who do, I think I told you guys, we had like the deaf boy in our class. We did have um, an African-American in our class. And she was very accepting and she taught acceptance and open-mindedness and to be tolerant of other people um, who may or may not think like you. And I know that sounds crazy at such a young age, but I really think if you teach kids that at a young age, it doesn't grow up to be a problem. And so, you know, I went through, you know, having uh, deaf people in my class and learning sign language and just kind of taking that with me as I go into adulthood and grow up. And I think that that her influence really helped me just maintain my open-mindedness. And I really am very accepting of, of everybody and who you are and what you do and who you love. And I, you know, I don't care. You do you. And if you like it, I love it. Um, so Mrs. Stemmore, like we just, had a, a, an incredible bond. She was an amazing teacher. She taught you acceptance and tolerance. And I think that that's missing a lot today. And to any teachers who are listening, as we have all demonstrated, I promise you, you are so influential on kids and we will remember you for the rest of our lives. Mm, love it. Love it. Shout out to these teachers. You know, I feel it right there. You know, I love it coming from a teacher right here. Yes. Maybe phys ed and health, but you know, still a teacher. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Your most important one. You got to teach 
these kids sex ed, Jay. They need it. I <laughs> they know, need I these Sometimes I wonder if I'm the right one. If I'm the right one. <laughs> no, no, I go by the book. I got to go by the book. No doubt. Very well done, Nikki, and appreciate it too. All right, Damien, close us out over here. What do we got for your last number one? So my number one is another tie. It's between Stuart Scott, uh, Michael Smith, Stephen A. Smith, and a few <laughs> others. All of the sports media personalities that have influenced me to do what I do. Um, and I talked about earlier when we first started the show that this is therapy for me. Like for me, the place where I feel most comfortable and being myself is behind a microphone talking sports. And I wouldn't have known this was possible without Stuart Scott. Like there's a video of me, I want to say I was 13, 12, 13 years old. And I had the, for my ringtone, I had the Sports Center theme song. Then I didn't, then I didn't. So I would play that and record myself doing highlights like I was, <laughs> oh, like I was cool. Scott. Yeah. So I would do that. And as I got older, I realized I didn't want to be a sports center anchor. I wanted to be somebody who gave my opinion more. And that's when I discovered Michael Smith, who was from New Orleans, who was on his and hers with Jamel Hill. And they went on to have the sports center show. And now he's on NBC working with them doing sports now. And he, him being from New Orleans was a big influence because I didn't see anybody from New Orleans who was doing this and being famous. All the famous people I knew from New Orleans was either No Limit or Cash Money Records at that time. <laughs> I didn't, didn't know anybody who was doing something outside of that. So seeing him being from New Orleans gave me that just that proof that, OK, this can happen. And then when I saw Stephen A. Smith on Quite Frankly hosting the way he hosted and it was like so much personality and coming with so much energy. I was like, okay, I see that you don't have to be by the book or you don't have to be this way or that way. Those three really showed me that you could have personality and also come with the intelligence and be articulate with breaking down sports. And then as I got older, adding my own personality to it was still that influence on it. So those three gentlemen, Stuart Scott, Michael Smith and Stephen A. Smith really had a big influence on me still to this day. And those are three great picks right there. I mean, it, it, like and like you said, there can even be more. There's no doubt. But yeah. they got there because of what they did. You know, they paid their dues and everything. They had to take bus rides and, you know, like do, do teams, uh, you know, certain before they became big, big. And what they, they all paid their dues, everybody. And, yeah, I mean, it, it is amazing. And it does give, you know, people like us, it's like, you know, wow, you know, if they could do it, why can't I do it? Why can't something great happen for me? So you never know. We live in a different world nowadays. You never know what can happen. But I think that was a great, great Mount player player right there. That was a great idea. I like that a lot. It's going to be hard to top that one next week, guys. It really is. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, but um, Yeah, that was that was really good. That was really good. This is also really good. Let me hear it. <laughs> My recital. I think it's very vital to, to rock, rock around. It's right on time. Come on, out. Let's do it. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. It's right on time. It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. It's right on time. It's tricky. This is what's up. It is knowledge with Nikki time. This is how we do it over here. This is how we get ready and we get fired up to make sure we get no points whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Me and D, we try to combine as a team sometimes to see if we can get this stuff done. I can't wait. 
Who knows what the topic is, but we are ready. Nikki, it is your show. Knowledge with Nikki, one of the greatest things ever created. Let's have it. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, hey, come on. Let's do some 4th of July trivia. Oh, 4th oh. of July. All right, here we go. D, you go first this week, bro. Yep. I do. All right, D. Number one, according to Forbes, how much money do Americans spend on hot dog buns every 4th of July? Wow. Just the buns. Just the buns. Just the buns. Buns, so huh? all Americans? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to wow. go with 100 million. Jay? So how many, the question is how many buns how much money do Americans spend on hot money? dog buns? Okay. Yeah. How much money do Americans spend on hot dog buns? I will certainly go with three hundred and fifty million. Seventy point four million. Oh. What'd you say, Dean? I said a hundred. That's kind of close. That's, That's kind of close. Not close enough, but close. Kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number two. D, what state has banned all consumer fireworks? Ooh, what state has banned all consumer fireworks? Mm -hmm. It would seem like it would be dangerous in a dry state. Um, but I know from living here in Arizona, it's not here. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Utah. Jay? I have two in mind. Uh, I'm just going to go for it and say Pennsylvania. No, Massachusetts. Uh, I knew it was the Northeast. Oh, wow. So did they, like, what, did they say a reasoning for it or they just don't like fireworks? Yeah, they just don't want you. Probably because this <laughs> Boston's so small. They probably yeah, blow up right. the whole city. <laughs> right. Destroy the whole freaking city. <laughs> like Godzilla came to town or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, all right, D, where are we at? Number three. Okay, so. U.S. soldiers got a special treat on the 4th of July in 1778 from George Washington. What treat did they get? Did they get the special George Washington drink? Yeah, I'm wondering, <laughs> right? <laughs> they did. He gave them, uh, well, a double ration of his rum. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Got that right. fair enough. No doubt. I, I, was, <laughs> I, knew, I was hoping you weren't going to say it. Nice, man. One point to be. One point, yes. yes. I think it's my first point in like five weeks. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's been rough for both of us, man. I also think George Washington was very much a drunk. Like, yes, it sounds like he was very so. much a drunk. <laughs> like, here's At the that time, <laughs> Like, what else was there to do besides get drunk? I guess. No, no, and run no. the country. Yeah. Get drunk and run the country. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you're good, we got one point here. All right, D, last one for you. How many people go to the emergency room with firework-related injuries every 4th of July? Man, uh, somebody insert the JPP jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many people? I'm going to say 100,000. Jay? I'm going to say more like 20,000. 730. Oh, Best people? Thing? Really? Yeah. Oh, oh. I thought it'd be more than that. I guess because we see every time somebody blows a finger off, it gets put on social media. Yeah, right. <laughs> it seems like more. Then we multiply it by 10, and then we do things. Yeah. 
There, yeah, there we go. Oh, so, okay. All right. Damien, right. you got one. I got to do something over here, man. <laughs> All right, Jay. Number one, what percentage of Americans own an American flag? Mm. That's a really good question. I would say 30%. No. D? Uh, I'm going to say... I'm gonna say ten. Sixty-one. That sixty-one percent huh? on an American flag. Yeah. Like I see a lot of them, but I always think I'm just in that area. I didn't know sixty. <laughs> I didn't know sixty-one percent of people own an American flag. That's it's a lot. Be high, highly populated Republic areas or something like that. Do I don't. Guys, know. I don't. I don't own an American flag. Do you guys? No. no. Not no. hanging anywhere. No. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, maybe in an attic somewhere. I don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, I must say I think I have one for my military days in my mom's attic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, it. Jay. Here we go. Number two. What is the estimated cost of the Macy's Fourth of July fireworks spectacular? Ooh. Let's say uh five million. Dave? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two million. Six million. Jay, that's pretty close. Uh, I'll I'll point point that. point yeah. Right there. yeah, I tied my brother <laughs> up, baby. Right, <laughs> Woo, monkey off the back. You guys each got a point. All right. <laughs> All right, Jay. What is the number of people who travel 50 plus miles from their home for the 4th of July? The number of people who travel 50 plus miles from their home on 4th of July. Yes, this is as of 2019, because obviously last year it was. So I needed a, a real number of people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to say. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be like really weird over here and hopefully I'm right, but I'm going to say 12,000. Day. I'm going to say 30,000. 48 million. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought people like chilled around, like, you know, barbecues <laughs> in the neighborhood and everything. Where the hell is everybody freaking going? I don't know. I, did, I didn't it's think this was the, the travel holiday. It's not a travel holiday at all. Keep your ass <laughs> at home. They're coming to the Jersey Shore, clogging up the parkway. That's where they're coming. Everybody's freaking drinking. Why the hell are they driving? <laughs> Man, we got to change the rules around here. Oh All right. Oh, got one more chance. Yeah, got one more people. chance. Here we go. All right. What was the value of fireworks imp firework imports to the U.S. in 2019? In 2019. So the value of firework imports? Yes. Monetary value. Yes. Hey. You do mean like all together? I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you say? I said, do we make anything now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so, all right. One more time, Nick. I'm sorry. What, what was the value of Firework imports to the U.S. in 2019. Um, thirty million. No, D. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna say a hundred million. Three hundred and nineteen million. And ninety-five percent of it comes from you guessed China. it, China. Yeah. 
Well, we don't like we ended in tie. Don't like ties. I have a tiebreaker. Oh, she does. Okay. All right. D, you want to take it first because you went first? Yeah, I'll take it first. All right. Good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When was the Declaration of Independence actually signed? Oh. I've heard this before. It was actually signed. Was it? Was it eighteen nineteen? Just give me the just give me the um the, oh, the, month, the date yeah like the month the and date, date you can. yeah the date it was actually signed was I want to say July sixth. Jay, I thought oh, shoot I heard this before I I definitely heard this so the date that it was originally signed I'm mad July second. No, August second. Oh, okay. Oh, All right, one more, one more tiebreaker. <laughs> they're many, they're waiting many, on like I John Hancock, that. right? That's why it's called a John Hancock because he was waiting on Hancock's signature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because he was the first one. Oh, he was the first one. He okay. was yeah. the first one. All right, last one. How many? How many signatures are on the Declaration of Independence? How many people? How many people signed it? Thirty-three. Oh. Nope. Sure. Uh, really? I'm gonna say fifty. Fifty-six. That is real Whoa, close. Nice. Oh, nice. You get it. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Woo! You won the Fourth of July. Okay. My first win in like two months. <laughs> nice, man. You know what? I think I heard that thirty-three of them. Maybe I, my mistake was. I think that thirty-three of them were like Freemasons or something like that. Oh, like George yeah, Washington was. All right, very good. Nice, Steve. You got it this week. Two to one, baby. Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> needed right. that. <laughs> I did. I needed a win. I was due for one. <laughs> he got it, baby. He rocked that win right there. He did. He did. All right, let me give you guys a quick one before we go into this or that. More likely to happen. Best quarterback that has not won a Super Bowl. Would we agree that it's Dan Marino? Or can we think of anybody else? Is like Jim Kelly in there or... Am I missing somebody who's been a great quarterback or has never won a Super Bowl before? Uh, only one I could think of that could rival Dan is maybe Warren Moon. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. But I, I would, yeah, I would have one. to go with Dan over Warren Moon, but those only two. Those are two that come to mind for me. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Jim Kelly. Yeah, they went to four Super Bowls. I mean, but they had a great team. They had yeah, a much that was an awesome team. team. Yeah, you don't think of Jim Kelly as like an all-time great quarterback. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. I could dig that. All right. Best running back that – no, excuse me. Best, we were probably all going to agree it's Barry Sanders. Best yeah. wide receiver that never won a Super Bowl, Owens, Moss, or Fitz? Oh, that's oh, a tough one. That is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I want to go T.O. just off that performance he had in the Super Bowl. Like he was – he had a Super Bowl winning worthy performance when he got there on one leg pretty much. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. He had nine catches for 121 yards, I think. Moss had what could have been the potential game-winning catch in the Super Bowl, but we all yeah. know what happened with the Giants and Tyree. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald had the potential game-winning touchdown catch and ran right down the middle of the freaking field. Um, but then, of course, Antonio Holmes and Big Ben happened, and they ended up winning the game on one of the best drives I've ever seen, one of the best yeah. Super Bowls I've ever seen in my life. That was incredible. Really yeah. incredible. Stuff. 
All right, so we got more action going over here. You guys ready for this? We're doing a little bit of this or that. What's more likely to happen right now? So check it out. Let's play a little music for you. Get this thing pumping up. Here they go. Here they go. Here they go, yo. Here they go. This or that. This or that. This or that. This or that. So that's what we're doing right now. This or that. Which is more likely to happen first? All right, we're going to get ready to the right now. is like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going over here. Heck yeah. All right, so what do we got over here? What's the first one on the dock? All right, what do we got? More likely to happen. We all got maybe one, two, three. We'll see. I actually got three today. The Lions will win a playoff game or we find a cure for cancer. Which will happen first, Damien? Wow. I hope it's the cancer first. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I hope we find a cure for cancer first. Even though uh, they probably have it already and they won't give it to us. That's <laughs> that's one of my that's one of my conspiracies I believe in. I believe that there's a lot of cures out there for diseases that they don't give us the cure to due to big pharma and the uh, amount of money you can make from it. Like my uh just to go on a quick tangent, make it quick. For I worked in a pharmacy, a specialty pharmacy for a while. And seeing the amount of money that is shelled out for this medication will make you believe, like, okay, they found these cures for this stuff already, and mm-hmm. they don't want to give it to us because the amount of money that gets made off of this is just nuts. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's out there. All that technology I've been telling you to about that you just don't want to listen to. <laughs> UFOs, and the technology, it's freaking there. They have it. They have it. All right. I mean, you can, God forbid, die. They can bring you back to life if they wanted to in two seconds. No problem. All right. So they got this stuff that's going on. All right. So, Nikki, you agree? Cure for cancer or hopeful? Oh, yes. Hopeful. Cure for cancer. Yes. All right. All right. D, why don't you give us one of yours, man? All right. This or that. All right. So what will happen first? Nikki will earn respect for or will let her or let Baker Mayfield get her respect or <laughs> or Jason will break the news with a live alien on 33 podcast. <laughs> I think Jay's breaking, breaking the news. <laughs> Jay's breaking news right we're gonna, here. We're going to be the first to, have to, inter- to interview an alien on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know you're not talking to one right now? <laughs> no, I still got hair. It's all good. It's there. Good. good. I'm not a man in black. I promise you. Watch. I'm going to be my freaking door in two minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, you know, I think it's more likely that uh, Nikki's going to come around and realize that Baker Mayfield, she doesn't hate him as much as Philly fans and everything like that. She'll come around. She'll be like, you know what? He's a pretty good quarterback, but not great like we had discussed a little bit earlier. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I don't know. I like that one right there. Cool. Well, all right. Nick, what do you got? Um, well, I have a who is more likely. Okay. Uh, and again, it's for the three of us. So oh, I love these. Who is most likely to become an FBI or CIA agent? Ooh. Ooh. No. Nah. Let, let me say. Yeah, I can't go Jason. I can't go Jason because I think they would kick Jason out for his conspiracy theory. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Um, But like last week, you guys said I'm pretty, like I have that type of mind where I could be like a detective or something like that. 
so I guess I would go with myself on that one. Uh, I think I would be more CIA than FBI, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Damien's so modest. He really is, Nikki. Right. No, I would pick him too. I would pick him. <laughs> swear to God, I definitely would. He's he's just good at like, I bet you're probably really good at puzzles, man. Like you can like see like them like in between the lines sort of things, man. I like it. I'm going with D. Nikki. Me too. Yeah, me too. All Appreciate right. it. Guys. All right. <laughs> so who's up? Am I up next? Yeah. Already. That went fast. All right. This <laughs> or that. This or that. Julio Jones has 75 catches to 17 games. Or Matt Ryan, his former teammate, throws for 5,000 yards. More likely to happen. This or that. Julio, 75 catches. Matt Ryan throws for 5,000 yards in his 17-game season. Oh, both can happen, right? Because Atlanta's going to have to score to have any chance of winning this year because that defense is still sorry. So he's going to throw for a lot of yards, um, but I'm going to go with Julio. I think they're definitely going to try to make sure that they get Julio the ball. Okay. Uh, he, and I just see him having a healthy year. So I'm going to go with Julio getting 75 catches. 75 catches is very, very respectable. It's not, it's not a hundred, but 75 is really good. Nikki. I, I don't know. I think, um, ah, wow. Before I get your opinion, you know, I want to say, I, th- I think Matt Ryan is going to get 5,000. He's never done it before. He's had 4,900 years a couple of times. He's come pretty close. Now you give him an extra game, they're probably going to have to play it because they suck. So I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. I am going to hold strong that I do not think Julio Jones is going to have a great year. I do not think Tennessee is a good fit for him, and I will maintain that until proven otherwise. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I I just don't see them throwing him the ball a whole lot. Me neither. Five catches a game, six maybe if he's lucky. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what that adds up to. That does add up to 75, actually, five times. No, it doesn't. I can't do math. Give me a fucking calculator. <laughs> uh, who's next? <laughs> um, I'll go next. And for my list of that, with the 17th game being added this year, which is more likely, a running back going for 2,000 yards or a wide receiver going for 2,000 yards? Ooh. Mm. Want to go first, Nick? No. Um. <laughs> I think that in the passing league, we're going to see somebody really go for it this year. I think somebody's going to get off to a hot start, yeah. like maybe a Tyree Kill or something like yeah. that. And he's going to be like, yo, man, I'm going for this stuff. You know, I'm playing in every game and I'm going to go for it. And running backs now, yeah, Derrick Henry did it last year and he he can do it again. You know, he, he certainly can. There's no doubt. But Running backs, you want to keep them more healthy as the year goes on, while wide receivers, they always seem to be playing. So I would go wide receiver on that, Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that's more likely. That's more like, yeah. All right. So with this or that, we're going with the wide receiver. What would you do, D? Yeah, I would go wide receiver as well. Um, yeah. it, running back is is definitely capable. Like There's a few out there that could do it. But like you said, running backs – I could see a lot of them resting that last game, especially if their team's already in the playoffs, because we know how much of a just a pounding that running backs take. So I think we'll go wide receiver with that one. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Like that. Like that. All right. What do we got next? Who's up next? I am up next. Okay. You are. Right. Yes. Who is more likely to get into an argument with a little kid? <laughs> Out of the three of us? Out of the three of us. Damien, he couldn't stand freaking doing sports <laughs> teaching. Absolutely. One of them little kid. No, I'm kidding. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know what, though? Like, 
for me, I do like when I like go to like uh we did this thing where we went to a trampoline park and we got to play dodgeball. I was beaming little kids up. <laughs> <laughs> So, More cruel, <laughs> but it's the, they got the new soft dodgeballs now. They don't have those big red ones we had when we was kids that hurt. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, they got the soft ones now, so they don't really like hurt them really. Like when it hits them, but if they had the red ones, that would hurt. But yeah, so I kind of mm-hmm. get an argument doing that, like being some little kid playing dodgeball. So I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> funny that you mentioned dodgeball. I want to talk about that later. That might come up actually. That's funny. All right. Um, one more. Okay. The Giants, and this is dead serious. The Giants win the division or the Chargers make the postseason this year. Damien, what do you got? This or that? Give it to me one more time. This is the Giants win the division. That is the Chargers make the postseason. Don't win the division. Just make the postseason. Mm. Two very likely things right there because mm-hmm. in FC East, I can see the Giants making that push. And the Chargers could be that dark horse team this year. Was, this is a very good one. Um, mm. I know what Nikki thinks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Chargers because I think Washington is a top team in the NFC East right now. Okay. So right. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Chargers being one of those wild card teams, especially with the extra playoff team we have now. Mm. I want to talk more about that at, you know, during another show with Fitzpatrick being there and how things are going to work out. Nikki, um, if you can take bias out of it at all, if that's possible for you, I'm not even sure. We're going to have to get you tested. Oh, but you guys act like I am like the most biased person. I can be objective. And you know what? I am not going to jinx myself, so I'm going to go with the Chargers. How about that? There you go. That's the reason why she doesn't want to jinx herself. <laughs> yeah, the reverse jinx. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i've been having a lot of fun this is great we got one more for you guys we still got unpopular opinion to get to over here and dude you alluded to it you said dodgeball let me tell you something first of all i want to tell you damien i watched love jones all right okay i did and you owe me a movie let's just put it that way <laughs> <laughs> i told you it was trash though i warned you going in I mean, uh, like, they got the slam poetry thing. How dumb is, is Nina? Like, she keeps going back to Darius. Darius is hooking up with some other chick. Like, what the hell's the matter with her, man? She's out of his league anyway, as it is. So, whatever. <laughs> All right. But my unpopular opinion is, have you guys seen the movie um, Dodgeball? The underdog story? Dodgeball yeah. with uh, Vince Vaughn? No. Okay, I think it sucks. I really do. Whoa. And people love, yeah, people love That's that movie. Nice. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's unpopular opinion. I know it is, but I watch. I never seen it before, which is weird. But I watched it the other day, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Ben Stiller's not funny, pumping up his, you know, <laughs> other regions over there. Like, I, I, Vince, you know, Vince Vaughn had a motley crew of of kids and idiots who just get slammed the wall. But you know, that Marsha Brady chick, she's real hot. She was great in that movie. But <laughs> other than that. Jason Bateman is a bad stoner. Um, whatever that other character is, and I, I just I didn't like. I didn't think it was that good. And everybody's telling me Dodgeball is such a funny movie. It's hysterical. Laugh your ass. I, I didn't laugh that much, guys. D, you, you saw it. Am I like? Am I crazy here? I don't think it's that good. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw it. What year did it come out? It was. I think it came out uh, when I was in high school. So I it think did- it's more of a nostalgia thing with people. Uh, when it Maybe. comes to dodgeball, and it has some, it has some one-liners. 
if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Like some of the, yes, the one lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah, was good. So, so they have some one liners in there. I think it's more of a nostalgia thing. It wasn't hilarious to me. Like it wasn't on the level of a Friday or life, you know, my favorite movies. But it had its moments. It was silly. It was more silly than funny to me. Um, but I can see why you would say that, especially watching it now. I imagine if I watch it now, I probably have the same opinion you have. I, you just mentioned life. I just have to say, uh, I'm a pappy. I'm a pappy. <laughs> <laughs> that was Bernie Mac, right? Who did that? Yeah. I'm a pappy. <laughs> yeah. Bernie, Bernie Mac, hilarious in that movie, man. Rest in peace to the legend. He was yes, hilarious. Absolutely. Uh, Jang Lang, Jang Lang. Jang Lang, Jang Lang. Jang Lang, Jang Lang. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch. Have you ever seen the outtakes from life? The oh yeah, man! Oh are just as funny as just funny as the movie. Oh <laughs> man! But when he said, "I'm the vappy, I'm the vappy," I did not expect that to come. And I was crying yeah. when he said that. So we got to uh, add that to Nikki's list. Life yep, yes, with we do. Yes, uh, we Eddie do. Murphy and Martin Lawrence. You got to watch that yep. one, Nikki. Add yep. it to the list, guys. And dodgeball. <laughs> I never saw dodgeball. You don't, you don't have, have to. You don't have to see dodgeball. No. Life, you got to. <laughs> You're good. Don't see dodgeball and don't see Love Jones either. That's, okay. that's <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, was that the last one or do we have any more? We have unpopular opinions. Hold on. We have Damien and Nikki got to get to theirs. So D, you're up first. Okay. So for my unpopular opinion, <laughs> for me, man, like it kind of slipped my mind a little bit thinking about life there. Classic <laughs> movie right there. Um, but for my unpopular opinion this week, I just got to let people know that I think I did this one before. You guys ever been to In-N-Out? I've done this one before about In-N-Out. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, you did about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. In-N-Out still majorly overrated. Don't if you come to the West Coast, you don't have to go to In and Out. It's not the best thing in the world. All right. Yeah. So you can you can go ahead and stay away from In and Out on that one. Uh so for my unpopular opinion this week, uh, I'm going to say that I feel like basketball could do a better job of promoting their past stars. We're seeing it this week with Scottie Pippen. Mm -hmm. Right. So Scottie Pippen is out doing this tour for his book and saying the most outlandish things in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's called Phil Jackson a racist. Yeah. He said that Michael, Michael Jordan was selfish, even though Scottie Pippen is known for one of the most selfish moves in history and not going into the game because he didn't get the play call for him in the last for the last shot. No, nope. so I think if basketball did a better job of promoting their past stars that aren't the number one guys, someone like Scottie Pippen wouldn't be as bitter as he is. Because you listen to these interviews, it just sounds like he's bitter. Uh, he's talking about himself in the third person. I don't know if you guys saw that clip from him on a Dan Patrick show. He's talking about really? how I didn't know that. No, yeah, he was like, it was Michael Jordan's team, but then mm -hmm. he went to play basketball. It was Scottie Pippen's team, and don't you believe that Scottie Pippen deserved the last shot? after being the guy to get you the three championships, it's like, I feel like, so the unpopular opinion part is that I feel like the NBA has to do a better job of promoting their past stars and letting us know how good they were. Like on my last episode, I talked about how Charles Barkley is more known for being a great broadcaster now than basketball player. And as great mm -hmm. as he is as a broadcaster, Charles Barkley was a better basketball player. Like he was amazing as a basketball player. Yeah. Hall of Famer. If he was, 
for a lot of years, he was the second best behind Jordan, but Jordan was just so great that it overshadowed a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but the NBA has to do a better job so we don't have stars like Scotty looking this way they look. Like, he's looking crazy right now. And I'm yeah. not going to buy the book because it's not – He's not compelling to me right now. It's just like, oh, you're trying to sell this book to me. It's not like, oh, I have a story to tell. I mean, because he has a great story to tell. Like his upbringing, coming up very poor the way he did, going from 6'1 to 6'7 in college and coming out of nowhere to be a first-round pick and being a guy to help Jordan get over the hump and get six championships. It's an amazing story, but we're not getting that. We're just getting a bitter guy who shouldn't be bitter. He's a six-time NBA champion who's a, one of the 50 greatest players of all time and shouldn't be bitter. So I feel like the NBA may have failed Scotty in that way. You know, I feel – I uh, yes, I, I, he should be bitter. I understand why he's bitter because all they do is talk about Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan is 6-0. and oh. It's never Scotty Pippen won six rings and, and never lost. He, he gets completely overshadowed, and I get it. It's Michael Jordan – but Michael Jordan didn't win a damn thing till Scottie Pippen got there, his defense, and even his offense. Scottie Pippen was an incredible offensive player, but he was not able to display it as much because Jordan had the ball in his hand all the time. So I get why Pippen is pissed off. And when Jordan left, Pippen still took him to a conference finals. He got, you know, Pippen was great. He was an MVP candidate that year. Now I'm with you where he didn't come into the game. Because he drew a play for uh, Tony Kukoc, all right? So yeah. if that's and where the right name is. It looks even worse because Kukoc made the shot. And so you did right. Made he made the shot. <laughs> exactly. He made yeah. the shot. So Phil Jackson knows what the freak he's doing, okay? He's got 11 championship rings. Got more than fingers, okay, and thumbs. Yeah. So let's be real. He knows what he's doing. So, yeah, I was a little I was a little taken back by Scotty Pippen uh, this week. But the fact is, is that he really does not get enough love. And you know what? Good call by you. The NBA should be showing players like him. Even Robert Ory, a guy like that, they should be showing more love to a guy like Dennis Rodman, who had a special skill, and certain players who don't have everything, but they can do certain things so well, and, and whatever it is. Yeah, so I like that. Good job, Dean. Thank you, thank you. Did you guys know that Scottie Pippen is a bad tipper? What? I heard that, yes. I heard so, that. he was at the nightclub in Borgata, Premier, and... My husband's having a boys' night, whatever. They got a table. Scotty Pippen got a table. They're behind him. Anyway, whole night goes on. They start talking, whatever, whatever. Scotty Pippen, his entourage leave, no tip. Wow. <laughs> that's bad news. Yeah. Now maybe the system news. came back or something, but uh, from what everyone saw, no tip. So they wow. called him No Tip and Pippen. <laughs> no tip. That's perfect. Wow. Oh man, no tipping Pippin. And these <laughs> interviews are showing him being tripping Pippin. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you get for signing a seven year, $18 million contract or whatever it was. You know, he totally got hosed on that one. You screwed himself over. You got a terrible contract. You really did. Yeah, but he so, made, he definitely made his money back. Like those years when he was in Houston and Portland. Like, oh, he got sure. His, yeah, he got his money back and he should yeah. be tipping better. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To no tipping Pippin. That's freaking crazy. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I like it. Uh, another hilarious show. I hope you guys enjoyed it out oh, there. Still need Nikki's unpopular opinion. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were like I felt I was we were talking to Nikki. I felt like we did an unpopular opinion. Oh my god, <laughs> Nikki, I'm so sorry. Go ahead, let's do it. No, that's okay. Well, my unpopular opinion is that we need to normalize eating off of paper plates and plastic cups and plastic cutlery because it is efficient and. 
I am not going to mess up a plate to make like scrambled eggs and toast because I just eat like, <laughs> that's pretty much all I eat for dinner. Um, <laughs> and usually like, I don't cook. I hate cooking and I'm not very good at it. I find it aggravating. So either I'm making like a quick sandwich or just like, you know, you get those like Panera at home soups and you pop them in the microwave. Like, so, or you're just getting takeout and I don't get these people who order takeout and then transfer the takeout to like an actual plate. Like, why are you, no, eat out of the container like the rest of us do. Like I'm hungry, just eat out of the takeout container. I just don't understand like messing up a plate. And true story, I don't even, well, I did know the last time I remember I had my dishwasher. So back at the end of March, I had my family over for my dad's birthday. And obviously, you know, had some stuff out because I was hosting. And I didn't realize that that was the last time I ran my dishwasher until about two weeks ago when I opened it. <laughs> so my husband was looking for the ice cream scooper. And I'm like, well, I know we have one. I just have no idea where it is. I opened the dishwasher. I'm like, Oh, holy shit. Like, is when's the last time we did so March? And prior to that, I didn't cook until Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's not classless to eat off paper plates. I think it's efficient and I'm helping the environment, right? Because it's made out of paper and I get those recyclable ones from Target where they're like the natural paper plates or whatever. So I think it's perfectly fine. I'm not going to like fill up a glass or anything like that. You have the plastic ones, the solo cups. I think we need to normalize it and it needs to be okay. I could see why that'd be an unpopular opinion. You know, people eating dinner, they want to eat off their, you know, their glass plates and have, you know, the you know, glass drink or whatever. But you know what? I'm so with you on that. Like every time I go to get something to eat, as long as it's not really heavy where it's going to weigh down the plate and grease is going to come out of the bottom or something like that. Paper plates, man, all the freaking way. I love it. And you know what? I got to get in on the uh, the forks and knives, you know, the the plastic ones. You know what? Why not? Why yeah. not? Why not? It's no big deal. Like, you know, we'll go grill like chicken or whatever. Still eat off a paper plate. And you know what? Just throw yeah. it right in the trash. That's it. Boop. You're yeah. out of here. Don't have to wash you. All no, green. exactly. And you know, for Thanksgiving, because I host Thanksgiving, Amazon has some great, they look real, but it's like that nice, heavy plastic and you just throw it right out. I don't yeah. even use real plates for Thanksgiving. All right. <laughs> no, I, I love it. It makes total sense. Uh, like I hate to like oh because people are coming over we got to use real plates. Nah, like the house, <laughs> the house is. <laughs> say the house is clean. That's yeah. good enough. They can eat off these paper plates. We can even get them fancy plastic ones if they want. But why make it hard on ourselves and have to clean up after doing the cooking? You exactly. already got to clean the pots and pans. Like now I got to clean these dishes too. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. There's no need for it. Uh, there's a lot of things that civilization has made like responsible or has, has made it to where it's class that just are complete BS. And I think that's one of them where you like, you have to just eat off the, the plates. Can't put your elbows on the table. Where oh. are my elbows at? Yeah, <laughs> I always put my elbows on the table. I understand TV. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. TV makes us think the way that we're supposed to eat and live and watch yeah. and whatever. It's Who's putting a sandwich on a real plate, though? Like, you just got, like, your chips and your sandwich. Like, just eat yeah. off a paper plate. Or, you know, oh, if you're God. getting a sub, like, you know, just eat it from, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just lazy or whatever. <laughs> no. no, no. It's, like I said, it's efficient. Like, it's yeah. no need to work harder on that. Like, enjoy your dinner and then throw the plate away. Yeah, or the takeout container. Not gonna yeah. take my takeout food and then put it on a nice plate. No, 
Makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. That's just that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only for the high class folks, you know. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. That's what it's for. That's what it's all about. But man, for us, yeah, we'll stick with our paper goods. We're okay. All right. Or we're we're low class people, okay, because we can use paper goods. The hell out of here, you people. Well, I when like the zombie it. apocalypse comes, we'll be all right. Everything will be fine because I will take them all out. Chopping the paper plates. You're not right. going to have your real plates and your cups and everything. So. That's See? That's right. Exactly. What are they going to do? They're going to throw stuff at us. It's slow as hell anyway. That's all. Mm-hmm. We'll just jump kick them, do whatever we got to do. It doesn't matter. Get bats, machetes, anything like that. We're safe. We're No problem. No problem. I know we all live in different parts of the country. We'll meet up somewhere in the middle, like in Ohio. I don't know. Maybe. Why do you have to be Ohio? So you do the show on purpose. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting faith in Cleveland, even in zombie apocalypse. So stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna have to go somewhere. We'll go somewhere. Maybe uh, Louisiana. All right. Maybe that'll, that'll be a good place to meet. Yeah. Damien, that's Damien's backyard. So we know where we gotta go. All right, we'll take mm-hmm. care of business, and you don't have to worry about the plates. Everything will be fine. Right. <laughs> You're definitely getting your pull bar on a paper plate. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> po Boy City, Nikki Nick, tell them what's up. Where you at? I am on Twitter, as you can see. My handle right here is at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. Follow me uh, in the offseason for some Bravo tweets. And then, of course, my Giants rants when we get going and promoting our wonderful show and Dee's wonderful show as well. Yes, yes. And by the way, Blow Deck, I saw that it was on the other day. Anything special you want to reveal about it? Yes, it was the premiere of Below Deck Med. And yeah. Did you guys watch it? No, you didn't watch it. No, what are you freaking? That's why I asked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't see the below deck man. Well, no. the chef like gets hurt right away and the crew has to cook dinner. It's crazy. Oh, oh wow. really? Okay, that's <laughs> interesting. Maybe I'll watch it. All right. Damien, you're all over the place, man. Everybody is retweeting all that good stuff, bro. Tell them what's up. So yeah, you can follow me on all social media platforms at the real deal W D A. That's the real deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha on all platforms. My podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams, and you can find it on all podcast platforms. Go ahead and check that one out. Leave me a five-star rating. I'm at 95 five-star ratings now. I need to get to 100, so help me out. I can get to that milestone of 100 five-star ratings for the podcast, and also get the third and three podcasts to 100 five-star ratings as well. We would definitely appreciate it, but please go ahead and subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams wherever you listen to podcasts. Absolutely. Make sure you do it. You will not be upset that you done did it. All right. Excellent. My name again, Jason Fearman. I'm at Sports Profit One. You guys see it on the screen over there. If you can't read, ask somebody who can and they will tell you. Thursday <laughs> podcast is where it's at. Wednesday nights, we're always here for you. Sometimes it's a Tuesday. We got to reschedule things. But the fact is, is that we're always here for you. You guys are always here for us. We appreciate it. Also, we got the Power 32 podcast where I said last week, Teased it. The 49ers schedule release party is going to be coming out. I got a lot of 49er fans going to be joining me for that. We're going to talk about wins, losses, when Trey Lance is going to get in there, all that good stuff. But again, bread and butter. This is my home, the trifecta third and three going for two hours strong, no break over two hours. We don't need it. We can go longer, but you know what? Time is up. 
the clock does tick. And unfortunately, we got to live by the linear time that we have invented of the 24-hour schedule. So people got to go to bed, wake up early in the morning for work, and do this thing all over again. So for us, it is good night. We thank you all. We appreciate it. Third and Three Podcast. Back next week. Back next week with Division Previews. That's right. Good call. Ah, T City, my mate. You see who does it better than this guy? Yeah. No one. That's why I just gave him a five star rating. So now you're at 96. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much. Four more to go. Four more to go. You guys heard it. So hook it up. Make it happen. All right. We're out of here. Peace. Bye.